Okay, here it is. This is a good one. Ready? This is a review of Completely Beatles. Okay. The discussion of each album's background and the in-depth analysis of each song are pretty good. More discussion of the songs in musical terms would be better. However, it seems that the hosts are not particularly musically inclined. Additionally, their personalities are fairly dull, their attempts at humor are mostly <laughs> cringeworthy, and they sometimes go off in pointless tangents that turn into pointless arguments. It's a decent podcast overall. <laughs> For serious Beatles fans, it's worth sifting through the negative aspects to get some good information and discussion. <laughs> That's good. Yep. Yeah, let's go visit him. a muse of fire that would ascend the brightest heaven of invention a kingdom for a stage princes to act and monarchs to behold the swelling scene instead we've got a podcast hi i'm ian boothby and i'm david dedrick and there you go um thanks trying, for getting all shakespearean trying to asks. trying to class it up off the top yeah that was Henry nice. the fifth ah which, which i didn't see because i have not seen the first four i don't like sequels no no not, not at all Henry 3D was actually just <laughs> just hot nonsense. This time Forget it's personal. That. Oh, it was, it was so personal. Yeah. Um, and then it eventually became a Henry portrait of a serial killer, which was mm. just like, oh, this is weird. When did he stop being kings? Yeah. And this just became like a serial killer. And then it became like, oh, Henry. And there was all these twist endings at the end of all of them. Anyway, this way, again, skip the first 10 minutes of every podcast. <laughs> it takes us a while to get warmed up. So it became Henry of HR. This um, time it's personal. See, again. Just skip the first ten, first ten minutes. <laughs> burn it off. Burn it off. It's no good. It's all fine. Uh, we've uh, just completed uh, an episode of Fan Splainers, uh, where uh, you'll be getting that in about a week or so. That's right. Uh, if you if you don't know what that is, uh, we do deep dives on movies, and uh, we don't tell you what they are until we do, and it's a surprise. But the one we did last time, you've already heard. So Jojo Rabbit is still. Uh, out. That's the most recent one. That's correct. To you. Uh, and we got another one coming up. And there we go. But we just recorded it. And then we went out. We had a burger. We came back. I, I had actually a, a, a PLT. A peanut lettuce tomato sandwich. That's correct. And uh, and so we're, uh, we're we're all full of food and logie. Mm. And we're about to uh, do, do, do a nice uh, hour and some change of a podcast for you. But, yeah. but, don't, minutes. don't, don't. Don't go away yet. Don't, oh, don't don't listen to that and go like ugh, because uh, there's <laughs> prizes. There are prizes. Uh, if you have uh, if you have uh, d- done our contest for the last couple of weeks, uh, where we asked you to do a uh, description of our show in thirty words or less, uh, we're going. We've got the uh, the sneaky hat. We're putting your names into the hat. We're going to be drawing a name and we're going to be giving away uh prize uh well actually it's a it's a bunch of prizes and we're going to send them in a put them in an envelope for you and we're going to send them in the mail and we're going to be doing that so uh so stick around for that or mm-hmm. just fast forward to the end you could also <laughs> do that that's the other way to do it but we're not telling you we're not saying that we're doing this at the end though oh that's right we could do it in the middle yeah you yeah. don't know when you have to wait listen to the whole show oh we sound like a couple of dinks yeah all right fair enough fine why not whatever um so 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 dave it's all ratings driven how was your burger my burger was good, actually. It was quite good. Yeah, I had an egg on it. A nice is it runny, a runny egg. It's a yeah, runny I like egg. It to run. Okay. Because then I like to eat it over my fries. And then the fries get the drippings on it. And that makes me happy. Would you just ever have fries with a uh, fried egg on top? A fried fried fries? Fried E fries? You know, that sounds kind of appealing, actually. 
Well, I like a, so yes, I would. <laughs> I like I like an egg with some hash browns. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I was thinking. Away. Like eggs and potatoes is great. Like I like a, a Spanish omelet, for instance. Okay, what is that? I know what the Spanish prisoner is. Well, my idea of a oh, okay, that's exactly what it is. No, my idea of a Spanish omelet may be different than other people's because I don't. My friend called it a Spanish omelet because okay. he would make it. But how he made it mm-hmm. was in a cast iron frying pan. He would fry potatoes with onions. Okay, and then he would add. Like an egg, like a beaten beaten egg, eggs to it, and then hmm. let it harden a little bit. Okay. Like cook until the eggs were hardened, and then put it into the oven to brown, and then you'd cut it like a pie and just eat those those bits. Very nice with Tabasco sauce. I see. Uh, a, a red Tabasco or a green Tabasco? I'm a red Tabasco person. Very good. Classic now, Tabasco sauce. On past shows, we have talked about something that uh, you enjoy eating. Is that mustard? Uh, we have talked about mustard. Okay. Listen, we've done like 400 and... <laughs> this is 415. This is 16. We... 416. Oh, Jesus. Is it? Yeah, because you're, you're hosting. Oh, I swore and I was going odd... to wrap it up at 416. Um, okay. <laughs> because because of the biblical reference? Yes. John 416. Yeah. Gather not to your semen in a bucket, for it is an affront to the Lord. Okay. What 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 is uh, what is? Uh, I have no idea. Oh. It's three sixteen is a famous quote. You just went on um, again. We talked about this on the other podcast, but that's not for the future. So yeah, let's, of, let's talk about the present. Uh, you were on Talking Simpsons. I was. We guess we can say that Bible now because the show the show has been released offer to Patreon. Yes, uh, customers. Anyway, the sh- the uh, podcast is. And out. I am a Patreon uh, subscriber to mm. this show. I okay. give a couple of bucks a month. By the way, if you want to do that for our show, you're allowed. You can go to the Patreon app and look up Sneaky Dragon or go to our website, sneakydragon.com, and click on Patreon. But um, if you are like a subscriber uh, to to them, then yes, indeed, you can listen to it uh, now or wait a week, and it's on their free feed. And uh, Dave is the Bible expert for a Simpsons Bible story. <laughs> what an expert. But yes, mm-hmm. I, I, I did come on. That was fun. It was a lot of fun. I thought you did a very nice job. Um, oh, thank you. Bob Mackey, who's been on our show a couple of times now, uh, is one of the hosts, mm-hmm. and it's Henry Gilbert, is it? Yes, I believe you're right. Uh, and uh, they do a great job breaking down um, the Simpsons. And uh, I would advise you, after you listen to this, or instead of this, go give that a listen. But after you find out what, if you want a prize. Yes, and thanks to uh, the third dragon, Nina Matsumoto, for recommending me to the to the, the uh, podcast as a, yeah. as a guest. It's basically like our podcasts are like organized crime gangs, and she's <laughs> part of two different gangs. Yeah. So yeah. she can like bridge the... the That's the, exactly the, what we're like. Yeah. There's often drive-bys and other such things. And if you like Nina Matsumoto, first of all, you should pick up the book Sparks that uh, she drew, I wrote, Dave Colored. It's in bookstores now, or possibly Sparks Double Dog Dare, uh, but that's not for a couple more months. It will it will come out. Uh, I'd advise you to, to, to buy those. More than uh, a couple months. But, yeah. uh, but we may have some extra Nina coming up on future episodes. So that would be uh, great. If you're a Nina fan, as you should be, uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, but uh, you enjoyed doing the uh, their their podcast. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. They're very nice and uh, they run a tight ship. They run a, a tight ship, and they have a they have it's very formatted. I guess you could say it has a particular way that they do it, and it was nice. So it was fun. It's it, it, it has some form, but it was also very conversational. So yep. it was nice. And you dropped some good Bible knowledge in there. I did. I had way more, but I kind of felt like I was saying too much. You know what? Sometimes that's for the best. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise you're what I call uh, church. And then I go like, <laughs> don't need it. 
<laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I did. Although the things I was going to say, I think are interesting. I I wanted to bring up interesting facts, not just like you know things like you know the Bible's very holy and people follow it. <laughs> Who cares? Right. It's very heavy and can crush spiders. <laughs> oh, don't kill spiders. I watched uh, I watched that episode a couple of times. As I mentioned, I wrote a little uh, letter on their Patreon thing. But like I, I watched that specific specific episode a couple of times because I was writing a sequel to it okay. for the for the comic where I did mm. the prodigal son with uh, Bart as the prodigal son. Okay. Uh, Abraham and his son were the one where God said sacrifice yep. your son. So I did that with Abraham who's abraham simpson and yeah. little homer which is always a fun thing and i did a noah uh, story as well who was always fun as well and through other things like you know tower of babel and what have sure. you in there the yeah. greatest hits yeah it's fun the old testament is uh fun to like uh, goof around with mm-hmm. and uh and it's surprisingly easy to slip the characters into sure. the old testament bible i love stories. parodies of the psalms yeah yeah that's a good one i also love when people riff on lamentations that's another great one. No, I know what you mean. There are some. It's funny, like most Rabble of our lamentations, ding dong. <laughs> most of our uh, most of our like Bible knowledge, I think, is the early parts, like the first. Yeah, like, obviously, well, they're, the, they're the most. Uh, they're, they're the they're the best to uh, film. Well, well there's a lot of visuals. Well, partly that, and I think also that because they're not historically based, you know, they're part of like they're kind of myths or legends, mm-hmm. and so they're they're very universal. You know, because they're not even Jews. Like Adam and Eve aren't Jewish. No. Like there's no Jews until Abraham. So you just have all these this stuff happening, and so you know, Cain and Abel, Tower of Babel, yeah, and Adam and Eve Noah's are naked. Ark, That's Adam and sexy, Eve. and there's a lot of violence. Yeah. And you get David, Sodom and Gomorrah, so many, uh, yeah, so many foreskins. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> well, David's so... later on, but I think I do think David and Goliath is fairly is you know fairly relatable. But I think that it kind of it's not one that has like a like if you're just doing that story, there's not really like a moral to it. There's it's, besides the victory over Goliath, mm-hmm. you know. But it's pretty black and white. It's not it's not a very nuanced story. Whereas Adam and Eve and Tower of Babel stuff like that are pretty nuanced. Like you can have a lot of fun with sure. it and, and take look at it from different angles. Whereas David and Goliath is, although I thought that The Simpsons did a great riff on that. I, I really like the fact that Goliath is is a is like better than King David. You know, which it's probably true. Like King David was a jerk. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he uh, turned out bad. It's too bad. Well, so he turned no, out good. Kind of, yeah, you know, he turned out good and bad. I mean, that's true. like people everywhere. Do you know, know what did a good uh, story about uh, King David was uh, Kyle Baker. Did oh, okay, a, did a good uh, graphic novel mm. about King. David. Actually, uh, Joseph Heller, who wrote Catch Twenty Two, also wrote a book about King David. Okay, him as a very old man looking back over his life called God knows. Pretty good. There we go. Yep. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was uh, it was fun to do. And I, as I again mentioned in this letter, uh, the original. Now, when people say someone wrote an episode of a show, that doesn't mean anything really. I yeah. mean, sometimes it's just they have their name on it. I've got things that I've written that my name's on that I had nothing to do with. <laughs> okay. Um, Luck of the draw. It's just, yeah, it rotates around. But uh, Tim Long is a Canadian writer, and he wrote the original Simpsons Bible episode. And I was at a Canadian Comedy Awards that he was at. Okay. And so... As an icebreaker, I mentioned mm. that to him that like, oh yeah, I wrote a sequel to that for the for the comic, and uh, I, you know how some people say the expression "couldn't have cared less." Yes, they're wrong <laughs> because this was the this was the most "couldn't have cared less" Is that right? I've ever seen in my life. Wow, just so uh, I, oh my gosh. If I'd asked him, like, do you want to do some long division together? <laughs> like, just, oh, my gosh. He just could not have cared. Like, he wasn't necessarily rude, but it was just like, eh, just like not yeah. not in the slightest uh, bit mm. interested. Not even politely interested. 
no, 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 just didn't care at all. Wow. Uh, since that time, I've become uh, Facebook friends with him, and he's liked things that I've written, which is nice. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, boy, howdy. You tried to work at that, like, didn't you? Wind, sails, gone. Out. <laughs> They're all out. Uh, but I'm, I was still happy with the uh, the comic. I thought it was nicely. It was fun. That's good. Yeah. And, I, and I enjoyed the podcast. So give Coffee it a listen. Simpsons. Yeah. So if you like me. And we do like you. Well, thanks. Then, uh, then that's where you can hear more of me. <laughs> Right. Or you still still available is the Dirty Harry Minute. That's true. I'm also on that. You're everywhere. You're everywhere I want to be. <laughs> I'm in North America. I mean, I'm, well, I'm in America and I'm in Australia. And also, a uh, listening party dropped this week. So you can also listen to me. Yeah, what's I. that, Dave? Well, in case people don't know, and we've talked about this so much, I can't see why they didn't or don't. Yeah, Mary every and I. This episode is someone's first. Mary and I take a microphone. In fact, people probably listened. To the uh, the Simpsons one, yeah, and then they went like, "Oh, who's this Dave guy? He's talking about Sneaky Dragon." So this is their first episode. So I would say, just spill it all. Tell yeah. people everything about everything. Go tell tell them about your show. Talk. Don't, don't let people interrupt you. Sure. Well, go. No. No. Don't, hey. Yeah. Take control. <laughs> okay. Don't uh, beat around the bush. Sure. Just get right to it. Okay. Follow through. I'm going to. So on this show, Mary and I, we take a microphone. We <sighs> we drive out to a public park. We crouch near the outhouses and listen to people. And uh, record the, uh, I don't want to call it the event for everyone to hear. And we call it Listening Party. And I think Ew. it's pretty fun. It's a pretty good show. There's a lot of like jokes Chuck, between... Chuck Berry used to be a fan <laughs> of that show. <laughs> that is the most terrible article I ever read about a human being. <laughs> Spy Magazine. Yeah, whenever they say uh, there's no such thing as bad publicity. <laughs> That's a good example. First of all, it's like Chuck <laughs> Berry and, uh, and Jonestown for Kool-Aid. <laughs> There are bad publicity, even well, though, yes, it wasn't Kool-Aid at Jonestown. I know. I'm really curious if that was true or if that was just like the most scurrilous thing that was ever like reported about a person, mm. you know? Like, I kind of feel like they could have said anything about him and he wouldn't have cared anyway. Like, they wouldn't have, he wouldn't have reacted. So, like, so I, I can't, I can't use like the thing like, well, he didn't say anything against it. He probably didn't even know about it. He's Chuck Berry. What does he care? But, you know, like all he cared about was that he got paid for playing. That's what he cared about like when you if you hire chuck berry yeah you had to provide the band yeah he did not bring a band to the concert okay you you he got a pickup band so because everyone should know his songs so he'd just show up yeah he'd play he wouldn't play he would play after something happened oh well after you paid him you bet you had to pay him i think often in cash yes you did you had to pay him in cash that's right otherwise the tax man shows up yeah so you paid him in cash that's right and then uh he'd play yep he'd play for a set amount of time sure did do his duck walk. Do his duck walk. And then some chick with shit on him. <laughs> anyway, so that's listening party. Dave does it with his daughter. <laughs> and uh, you might want to listen to that. Uh, what a terrible ad for listening party. But like we said, no such thing as bad publicity. <laughs> listening party. It's available on the Seeky Dragon Network. <laughs> Dave talks about music with his daughter. That's uh, a lot of fun. They have a play a mixtape, and they. Break I don't. Them. I don't make jokes like that with my daughter. No, I mean it was the most not what that show is <laughs> ad I've ever heard. <laughs> I feel Holy like. Holy moly! I feel like everyone knows what, oh what my we do gosh. now. I know you were having fun. You were reading a, a review, an iTunes review of our Beatles podcast, completely Beatles, mm-hmm. that was uh, calling us like dull. <laughs> um, fair enough. And I was going like, oh, there you go. There's a review, and then like hearing the review of your <laughs> listening party. Wow. Wow. I, mean, I really miss the iTunes slagging. Now, now, Dave, this yeah. is something I was uh, wanting to bring up. Sure. 
Um, Stephen Colbert went to New Zealand this uh, week. Okay. And uh, there they were uh, showing um, New Zealand foods that they enjoy. Okay. One of those foods reminded me of something you've talked about on this show. This is when we were talking about mustard a million years ago. Remember that? Like (laughs) the beginning of this show? Yeah. All right. Is this a spaghetti sandwich? You bet. Oh, awesome. But what's it called in New Zealand? Oh, they call it uh, a noodle butty. Uh, that actually sounds pretty good. No, it's called a toasty. <laughs> oh, okay. And what well, they, they toast it. Yeah, they, it's mm. and they make. I like it, the fresh, fresh bread. And they make it. The... Yeah, they make it with white bread. First yeah, of all, it's of white it has, bread. Be, it has to be white bread, of course. White bread. It's the only thing. Toasted mm. and with tin spaghetti. Mm. Yeah, I know. I mean, that makes it even worse to me. Yeah. But uh, but they love it. They love it. And then I looked it up here on uh, the internet. It is everywhere. Yeah, it's popular. Oh, it's so popular. How to how to make it? How to make a classy <laughs> spaghetti and cheese toasty recipe? A lot of people put cheese on it as well. Do you put cheese on it as well, or do you just go? No, I just. Spaghetti? I mean, what I do is I just take. I can't a, even look at these images. I've got to get rid of them. <laughs> I just have like a oh. piece of fresh white bread, oh. and you I just you just talk. I'm gonna like just sit over here and just like breathe. <laughs> just think about listening party. <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking of people taking shits in the woods. <laughs> okay. Someone's got to. Yeah, kind of compete against the bears. That's true, and the Pope. What's he doing here? Okay, <laughs> you look really ill. I do. So I just tell your damn story. So I just take a piece of white bread. Yep. Put some butter on it. Yep, that's fine so far. Take the spaghetti off the plate. Oh, good lord! That I'm eating. Okay. Already eating, and yep. I just plop it onto the bread. Fold the bread over. Sure. And then eat that. And you get a nice. And here's the thing: the spaghetti's hot, so it melts the butter a little bit. So you get this nice. Golden taste of the butter, yeah. you know, melting with the white bread. Sure. And the tomatoes, okay. the tomato sauce, yeah. and whatever else you have in your spaghetti okay. with your noodles. There you go. What's wrong with that? And that's what's. Sp- that's is what... it like the idea of biting through spaghetti noodles to get to you? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Like even just spaghetti itself is, is kind of rough for me. I like pasta. Yeah. Uh, I can do like a nice linguine, but just mm. straight spaghetti for some reason. Yeah. The roundness. Yeah, yeah. Just the. It just the slipperiness. The... <laughs> it doesn't do for you. Eh? Yeah. Interesting. The only thing I don't really like in terms of food textures is grittiness in mm. something. And that's why I was unhappy. I, I I dreamt about it for years of having one of those um, pie, milkshake, pie milkshakes from Sherry's. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, that sounds great. But then I went there and it wasn't great because it turns out that they just, they, they blend the pie into the milkshake. Like I thought it was like, like kind of like a, a chunky bit of pie mm-hmm. cr- crushed into the milkshake. So then you're eating it and you'd have like bits of cr- crust in it. Oh. And bits of like pie. Scoop out with yeah. a spoon? Yeah. And I thought that was, that yeah. sounded great I to me. I think you've got a separate thing there that would be interesting. Yeah. And, but the one I, the, what I had was, was a pie. And I think I ordered, I think I got raspberry, which hmm. is probably worse, even worse decision because then they just blended it in a blender till it's just like a puree. Yeah. But it's not a puree because it still has like, the trace elements of the crust and the, yeah. the seeds and stuff like that in it. And so it's just like this kind of gritty slop that you're drinking. And it wasn't my thing. Not oh, my thing, everybody. They do have good pies there. Like if you eat them separately. Mm, I should just have the I should just have a paella mode because yeah. that is a heaven to me. Anytime you want to go, you let me know. I enjoy, uh, enjoy going there. <laughs> well, on, on well the, if we're going down there, we're going to Popeye's. That's all to okay, we'll go to Popeye's. We'll bring Nina. There. She wants and to start go a and, fight with the employees. Yeah, it's uh, it's her birthday. They apparently, uh, they like to fight. This week, so she 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 deserves oh, Popeye's. Oh, yeah. Um, so at the end of the uh, episode of The Talking Simpsons, now I'm thinking about it, mm-hmm. you guys got into a discussion about German potato salad. Oh, yeah. Have you had German potato salad? Yes, I have. 
And uh, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna quiz. I think you. it's okay. I've had sort of a fancy one that had capers in it, but oh, uh, ooh, that's weird. I'm gonna I'm gonna I got a basic German potato salad in front of me. Okay, uh, it's got let's see, it's got nine ingredients. Okay, and because we always have lists on the <laughs> show. Yeah, I want you to list the ingredients in, and let's see if you can name five ingredients in German potato salad. The first one I assume would be a gimme. Yeah. By the way, we know there's no mayonnaise. Yeah, that's what makes the difference. Okay, go. So. Uh, potato. Boom. Potatoes. You've got it right. One. Some sort of a vegetable oil. Vegetable oil. I'm like sorry, Like olive oil Dave. or something? I'm sorry, Dave. There is no, no? oil. Okay, so vinegar then. Uh, yes, you're right. White vinegar. Very good. You've got two. Okay. Let's get up to five, Dave. We okay. can do this. All right. And uh, so I'm going to assume there's other vegetables in it. You're incorrect. Really? It's just potatoes? Uh, basically, yeah. I mean, there's one that's an herb. Oh, okay. Is there cheese in it? No, sir. There's not cheese. Dang. What did I we have? We need three more ingredients in yeah. German potato salad. Um, is there some German potato salad? What did we have nine ingredients. <laughs> There's nine ingredients, but no other vegetables. No. But no egg. No, sir. Man, um, I can't think of anything else that... Uh, what do you think the herb is? I, I would like it if it was uh, tarragon, but it's probably not. But probably, um, what's the other one, rosemary? No. Parsley? Yes. Oh. You got three. <laughs> Now, I'm going to really point you towards, uh, it's, okay. it's North American food, so it's got to have these two things always in any North American food. These two these two ingredients. Salt and pepper? Yes, sir. Five. You got it to five. <laughs> so, I'm going to start from the bottom. Phew. We're going to work my way up. Okay. Uh, one tablespoon chopped fresh parsley. We've gone through that. Okay. Once again, salt and pepper. Okay. There you are. Yeah. We're going to need uh, three tablespoons of white sugar. Oh, sugar. White sugar. Hmm. Now, this feels like uh, bullshit. It's listening to this ingredient, but it is. Two tablespoons water. Ah. A little bit of water there. Sure. You said the vinegar. Yeah. Of course you did. There you are. <laughs> uh, you've already said the potatoes. Here's the two things you've been missing. Yeah. One small onion. Ah. Diced. Okay. And finally, four slices of bacon. Oh. Yep. Huh. Because all German food involves bacon in some way. Is that right? Yeah. When I went there, pretty much. Hmm. I was eating a lot of pork, and I wasn't eating pork at the time, but I was eating a lot of pork because otherwise you die. <laughs> what else are you going to do? <laughs> Actually, the thing was, whenever, when we were in Germany, we had like, oh, oh let's get some German food. And they'd like, we hate German food. And so we'd go for Chinese food. We'd go yeah. for pizza. We'd go for something. But the people we well, were with did not care for their own food. Yeah. Was the Chinese food kind of different, though? A little bit, yeah. yeah. And their uh, and their Italian food was very Italian, like actually mm. Italian. Their pizza was oh, very yeah. much more of an Italian pizza. Italian pizza is good stuff. Mm-hmm. They know what they're doing. Yeah. And they had a good uh, good orange juice too, because it was close enough to Spain <laughs> that uh, they had some good stuff there. Nice. Yep. Huh. Well, yeah. I'm I I'm a fan. To be honest with you, I'm a big fan of like regular potato salad. I like I love hard boiled eggs. Okay. And I like potatoes, and I like and I really like mayonnaise. So you put them all together, I'm all I'm all for that. But mayonnaise is basically eggs, so it's like eggs on eggs. That's fine. Yep. I'm not complaining. I also like An egg salad sandwich is also eggs on eggs. I love egg salad sandwiches, but I don't eat them. Why? Well, I think it's kind of rude. To get the toots? I think it, no, I think it's rude to eat it at the work. The toots? I think it's rude to eat it with other people around. This is a very, it's a very strong smelling sandwich. Is it? Yeah. It has that. And yet you will eat a spaghetti sandwich around other human beings, even well, it though it will throw them on the ground it isn't, it, and cramps. It doesn't. Oh my, Lisa doesn't like it. But Lisa doesn't like it because it's not classy. Like to her, it's like ridiculous that you're eating like a starchy piece of bread with more starch. And, and it just seems to her like like a classless thing that some, okay. some loud in a wife beater Have you ever be eating. been eating an egg salad sandwich and someone goes, what's that stink? Is that what your yeah. worry is? Yeah. 
Really? Mm-hmm. I had no idea that egg salad sandwiches smelled. Oh, yeah. They have a strong smell. Eggs have a strong smell. They have a, you know, kind of sulfury smell. Okay. So you would throw in a, you know, you just, it's just. It's I have never good. heard that before. Oh, really? Okay. Have I been stinking up the joint with my egg salad sandwiches for this long and no one's uh, Well, I like anything? egg salad sandwiches, so it's fine. You, you can keep it in there during the show. I don't mind. Okay. <laughs> not on mic. No, no, no. Yeah, so the girls love spaghetti sandwiches, though. Mm. In fact, Eve was saying she was watching a show. Yeah. And the mum, it was something to do with the mum having cravings because she's pregnant. Right. And she had a spaghetti sandwich. Okay. And I thought, great, that sounds good. Without uh, being too personal, when uh, Lisa was pregnant, did she have any cravings? Uh, I don't remember having any unusual cravings. Okay. No but, pickles and ice cream didn't go for that? Nothing, nothing like that, no. Okay. No, yeah, I don't remember that. But then, um, to be fair, for most of it, like with Mary, I was away. And Eve, I don't remember her having, um, I don't remember having uh, like unusual cravings or whatever with Eve. I got nothing against pickles and ice cream, by the way. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think you put them together, but you could eat them like one after mm-hmm. the other pretty good. Lisa had you to watch what she ate, though, okay. with Eve, because she had gestational diabetes. Oh, okay. So she All had right. to kind of yeah. watch her, watch what she ate, and as well as, um, and also, yeah, so she said, be careful. That curbs your fun. You know? When you were uh, when you were on the boat, the fishing boat, what yeah. would be your uh, normal meal? Um, you wouldn't eat fish because you did not care for we, it. We did it. Well, I did eat fish on the boat. We had okay. halibut. We caught a halibut accidentally one time. And we weren't allowed to keep it because we weren't. Uh, we weren't allowed to keep it as a commercial commercial fishing boat, but we okay. kept it as like human beings who caught a fish. So we had that for for meals, and uh, I think we had some. I think we had it for a meal, and then he also made like a like a. A halibut salad, you know, like a with mayonnaise. I have never heard of a halibut salad. No, I mean it's a fish, so you could you can do it with tuna, you can do it with salmon, you can do it with any fish really okay. if you want. So yeah, it was pretty good. It was good. Um, but we mostly ate. Man, it's hard to remember now. It's been so long. What I remember is the dessert more than I remember the food that we ate because we ate a variety of things like craft dinner or you know soup or lasagna. Like mm-hmm. this, he had lots of frozen things. Right, you were doing a lot of manual labor then, so you'd need mm. to have like. Some yeah, carbs and some yeah, we would get up at five and work till ten at night. Oh my gosh! So yeah, it was a long day. Oh wow! And we did have like long like where we'd have like a meal in between that time. But usually, like if we were busy, the meal was spent watching the bells ringing on the on you know on where the lines were coming up to tell you that there were bites. So you right. were like eager to get back out there to clear get the lines clear to fish so you could keep on catching. And uh, yeah, like he would just like and because he the skipper was working too, so. Like for him to, he would be cooking. So he would just like run in, throw something in the oven, like a lasagna in the oven. And then when it was cooked, bring it out and then we'd eat and then go back to work again. Because we, like we, like I say, we would work until the sun went down and then we'd work more because I'd have to go down to the freezer to clear off the shells. Of the fish would you, would you ever, uh, bef- before this, would you ever fish recreationally? I fish with my grandma. That was a thing we did every, not every summer, but every couple summers. She would take us individually. Like we'd go by ourselves with her. Okay. So it was like, grandma time like with just one one of us and that was fun or sometimes we'd go with with our cousins so i would go with my cousin diane and me we'd go together because we were similar age and yeah so we'd go mostly trout fishing though she wouldn't take us on the chuck as she called it what was the chuck i'm sorry i'm not, I'm not oh the ocean is okay. the chuck that's a that's um that language whose name is just got in my head chinook the chinook oh, language okay. the salt chuck is the ocean and a chuck is oh, i guess we did go in the chuck because the chuck is just a body of water Okay. And the salt chuck is the ocean. But she would never take us in the salt chuck, although she went salmon fishing quite regularly. She would go salmon fishing. Is this so, on your uh, mother's side or your father's side? My mom's side, yeah. Okay. My grandma on my dad's side was a, a much different sort of person. She was much more of a, 
like a housewife sort of, you know, a stay-at-home sort of person. She didn't work or anything. She just looked after kids. But she had a lot of kids. She had seven children, so that's a lot of work. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just having the kids is a lot of work. And then add on the fact they have to look after them after you've had them. It just piles it on. And that's why she wasn't really interested in the grandchildren. Too, like, she liked to have us over, but we never had a dinner there. Whereas mm. with my mum's mum, my, gra- my, gra- my grandma, that grandma, we quite regularly went over on Sundays for, for Christmas dinner. Or sorry, Christmas dinner for, for like a family dinner. And that was That'd be funny weird. if like you went over quite often. For quite Christmas often, dinner. yeah. And every time it was Christmas and, like, dinner. And grandma don't was, tell her. And grandma was a little senile, <laughs> and you didn't know. Merry Christmas! Like, oh, geez, and uh, she she'd was, have to make a full Christmas dinner for you. She lived to be ninety nine, and she was pretty much with it until a couple of years before she died. Oh wow, that's fantastic! Then she started to forget. Like she remembered me, but only me as a as a kid, not me as a. Like she would say, "Do you remember David?" And she'd say, "Yes, but he was younger." Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't sure with my grandmother how much, because she did have dementia. Mm. And it was like, not sure how much she remembered me, but it felt like, yeah, it was like she clearly had feelings. Like yeah. she wasn't faking the feelings. Mm. But yeah, it's uh, it's hard it's hard to tell. Did you know she... her before dementia? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yeah. She was a big influence in my life. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, she was, she was kind of the safe spot that I would go. Uh, like every Friday I would go to my grandparents' place, uh, and draw and watch TV. Okay. And that's where I would make my first little, little comic books. Mm. And that's, uh, and cool. they would, they would really encourage that. So they, basically by encourage that, I would mean they would leave me alone. <laughs> they would go in the other room and do whatever they were going to do. And yeah. I'd just spend time watching TV and like drawing. And it was the same thing when they had a smaller place, like later on, uh, you know, we'd be all in the same room, but I'd just be like drawing and just doing my own stuff mm. and like barely talking to them. But it was still like a nice place to, to be. And then I'd go in and I'd help uh, fry up a hamburger or something and make us all hamburgers. Yeah. And, uh, and, and yeah, I'd do, I'd do that. And then, yeah, we were, we, we were all, we were all very, very close, uh, then. And then, yeah, later on, my grandfather passed because, yeah. uh, smoking. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and then. Apparently, uh, it's not good for you. No, it's weird how you remember back like, oh, just normally just coughed all the time. Mm. Hey, just remember that. Yeah, he just coughed all the time. Yeah. And my, my father had quit smoking, said for us when we were young. And my grandmother had quit smoking as well. But he, I guess he couldn't or didn't want to or what have you. Yeah. And, uh, and, and yeah, and um, I'm not sure how long she lived. I think well into her 80s. But yeah, she, uh, she, she had dementia. And, um, and the only thing that was really tough about that well, I mean, obviously, there's other things that are tough about that. But the thing that was toughest about that was after my father passed away. And so and she didn't remember that. Mm. So she would always ask where my dad was. And like for the first couple of times you tell her and then afterwards you don't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because there's no reason giving <laughs> giving that news on a repeated basis. Yeah, yeah. And and there were times where you felt like she knew. Mm. You know, she knew there was something there that she clearly she clearly knew what it was. But it was nice that she did get to meet uh, her great grandson, and there's pictures of the two of them together, and there's just a connection there. That's nice. That's just yeah, because yeah. it's just this basic connection yeah. you know, that goes beyond memory or any of that. That's nice. That yeah, stuff. we would go over to my grandma's with the girls and have uh, Chinese food, and she always liked that a lot. And uh, yeah, they, she and her, my step grandfather, they kept. They kept a house for quite a while, quite into the, quite. They're quite old when they finally. He got sick, and then they had to to move into a care facility. Yeah, which neither of them liked at all. You know, it's his death. Like I hope, I hope we can keep my like Lisa's dad out and my parents. I would wouldn't want to see them do that. Mm-hmm. 
the place the place my grandmother was in was was pretty pretty good like pretty i I mean it's on a sliding scale of course of yeah whatever you know but there was enough social aspects Mm. to it that i think that did uh, that did help and it helps to have the social structure as much as possible well if someone has dementia that you know that's a different sort of thing it's really hard to look after them because they can be dangerous to to themselves and others but yeah i mean just just in terms of like like i know with my grandma it just felt like i mean i mean someone's gonna go downhill no matter what but you know because you're living in a care care place and you're getting older so it's just the inevitable decline is going to happen whether you're you know in a care home or on a desert island you're gonna decline but uh yeah it was sad because she was such a bright independent woman like my grandfather passed away about my age that i am now yeah and i was quite young when he must have been thinking about it he must have been quite a bit older when he had kids because because i was only like six years old when he died so i just barely remember him and so you know she spent a long a lot of time on her own like it wasn't until six so i was probably about grade in me grade eight or nine when she married my step-grandfather so that's a long time to be you know on your own yeah you know yeah so whereas on my dad's side my grandpa he got dementia probably wasn't dementia i mean it was dementia but it probably it wasn't alzheimer's it was probably related because he was an alcoholic for a long yeah. time so it was probably related to, to that and you to can drinking. never know what it is until no like, you're, you're right, you're right. and and that was kind of a slow decline like he was very with it for when i was a kid he was very with it and then and then just over time, he became less and less coherent. And then after a while, I think I mentioned that time when Jason was on the show, Jason Dedrick, my cousin, saying at my brother's first wedding, saying, uh, you know, it was a long time until I realized one day, Grandpa's crazy. And he said that to us, and I laughed because it was so outrageous that someone would say such a thing. And I just thought to myself, he's right. Like, he is crazy. Like, I could never admit that yeah. for the longest time. It was just like, Grandpa's kind of funny or, yeah. you know, but you're right, he is he is crazy, you know, and it was always like the worst thing in the world to get buttonholed by him because it was the same stories over and over again. Oh, absolutely. And then he was always born just over there, wherever he was. When he came for Lisa, my my wedding, he was born just over there, somewhere over the trees. And, uh, you know, he's at our house in Delta. He was born just over there. Wherever he was, he was born just over there. And yeah, it was, and it was sad too because, yeah, like once again, a pretty sharp guy. But and I remember him talking to my my dad, and and he said it's actually quite scary lo- losing your memory because I did s- I realized how much I tr- I relied on my memory to do things. Mm-hmm. I didn't write things down. I didn't have like a to do list or whatever. I just knew what I needed to do, and I can't rely on that now because it's going. Yeah, and so that's probably the worst part of it. I would think is the knowledge of it going rather than it, once it's gone, it's gone. Like then you're just living with it, and you might have moments of co- of coherence. And maybe that's a bit scary or a little frustrating, but I think worst of all is just the knowledge of that you're disappearing, you know, and you can't stop it. It's mm-hmm. happening. And I always, I always have a worry when, um, when again, this is just a trigger thing for me. When people tell is it us another to, spaghetti sandwich. Oh, dear lord! It's, if I could forget that, I'd be happy. Um, what are you taking it all? But you're taking spaghetti sandwich as well, right? <laughs> all right. <laughs> Deal, Satan. Um, <laughs> When I've I've got friends who are like just a little bit older than me, mm-hmm. and uh, and they tell the same stories all the time, like all the time, mm. like all the time. Uh, it's like, I'm a little bit older than Ian, and it's not. Uh, that sounds very personal. <laughs> I ran into uh, uh, an old high school friend at uh, at the pool 
the other day. Okay. And and they said to me, uh, and you know what? He, and it was something. It was something about um, you know something I said at uh, at grad uh, to 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 them. Okay. I said something like the uh, smell of Kool Aid, and they said, and and this is a story like that they tell all the time when I see them. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, that's fine. But they, but they tell, you know, it's just like, yeah, but I don't like hearing the same story over and over. Yeah, and yeah. Even if it's something like that, it's like a sweet story, and it's like, that's mm. great. What else is going on? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like, but like people, it, people like in my family, they're a little older. They've got the same stories that they like telling, and they keep telling those same stories. Mm. And it's just a bit of me that's just like, I just want to send you on vacation so you can get some more <laughs> stories, because it's not that healthy to keep looping with these stories, and mm-hmm. it just it because it does make me feel like you're going to get stuck in these stories, and these are the only stories you're going to tell, and and that's a dangerous place to be. Well, that's true, but it also reflects on your life that you're not that nothing's happening now. Like with Lisa's dad, like he is. How is nothing happening now? How can well, you have nothing going on? It just like because your life gets very narrow as you get older. You know, you're you're restricted on what you do. I mean, if you don't develop like interests, that's the thing, though. It's like, but a lot know, of people don't, right? That's the, well, that's the thing. It's like it's not that your life, yeah. You know, they work, and yeah. work's a big part of their life. And, and then when, when they work retire, goes away, yeah. What do they have? They watch TV. You know, like Lisa's dad. He every day he goes for lunch at a local restaurant in Aldergrove. And he's very proud that they know who he is when he goes in, and that right. he doesn't need a menu. They know what he wants, and he knows all the waitresses. Oh, boy! And he always steals the the puzzle, the word search from the news the newspaper. Uh-huh. And they never would know it's him, of course, never in a million years. Right. And then uh, he might drive around and visit some friends, see how they're doing. But they're all as old as him, so their lives are also narrow and, and getting more and more restricted. And then he goes home and he watches TV, and he'll do he'll. Putter around the properties, you know. In that way, he's pretty busy. I have to say, he's a person that will not—he will never die because the lawn needs cutting. That's good. Yeah. Like if he's if he's gone, who will cut the lawn? Good, good, good. That actually you know? is a good thing. Yeah. Or you'll go over and like they have a my brother-in-law put a fish pond in the backyard with koi in it, and it drives my father-in-law insane that a heron comes and eats the fish. And so you come over and there's like netting spread all over the place or sure. like fishing line all artfully crisscrossing the, the pond so that the heron, restrict the heron from, from landing in it. And just like, you Yeah, know. they're an old Warner about this cartoon. <laughs> the and uh, yeah, that's right. So, you know, in that way, I have to say he does have interest that way. He's very mechanically minded. He, he invented this fantastic way to open the gates into the front and backyard. Like it's just the vention of his own. He just made all the little parts for it and stuff so that you can unlock the gate from either side. By just pushing down this little lever on either side? That's great. This is exactly yeah. what you need is like yeah. problems. Yeah. You need to set up some fucking no, problems. Talk, talking about him now, I'm actually thinking, no, no, he's way better off than I'm, than I'm thinking. Because he actually is like a, a very, he's always been like a kind of busy guy that way. Yeah. He's gotten, it's gotten harder for him though. Because like, you know, it used to be like when I was younger and I had a problem with the car, I could bring it over to, to dad's mm-hmm. and, you know, he'd get it, he'd, He'd get it up onto the, you know, or he'd pop the hood open. And he wouldn't do it himself because he resented it if he had to do it himself. Okay. But if you, you know, chipped in, if you, like, you know, helped out, he was more than willing to, like, help you fix any any problem in a car because oh, he's a very good. mechanical okay. person. He was an aircraft mechanic. So, and then he moved up from being an aircraft mechanic into the into, ma- into management at, at Pacific Western Airlines when there was such a thing. And so, you know, he had a very, he has a, just one of those minds that can see, you know, exactly how something should work. And, you know, he could fix any car, fix any part. Like when I think of like the things we did, like it's crazy. Some of the stuff we, like I could never, I can never imagine like redoing like a, ma- like doing manifolds or like fixing a, 
the carburetor, like taking the carburetor apart. Yeah, you can, yeah. And we did the struts on our first Volvo. And just crazy stuff like that. Like, you know, like I think about it, how did he know that? But he just knew how to to fix things. And and so now, you know, if I do have problems, I'll drive over and he'll he'll kind of give me some guidance. But he can't really do that, the nuts and bolts of it because he has bad knees. So he can't, you know, bend down and kneel. And and he can't, he's not strong enough to like use a wrench anymore and stuff, you know, because he's in his late 70s. You know, all these things, all this time takes time, takes, you know, takes its toll. But he's still very uh, much a busybody, and I do like that. I do, you know. Yeah, that's what. You like got. it would drive me insane to live with him. And I'm, I thank God that my brother-in-law is one who has to do that because uh, he can put up with it more than I can. Yeah, I kind of look at um, I kind of look at things like you always got to do something a little bit new. You always got to like yep. stretch out a little bit. This is this is like I mean, it's one of the reasons when you suggested doing a podcast. You know, uh, it wasn't like I was going, boy, I really want to do a podcast. <laughs> it was uh, it was like, well, that's new. And yeah. I don't really know what that's about. Yeah. And that's something to learn. And I still actually want to learn how to do this myself. And I've been I've been putting that off for, I guess, seven years. <laughs> um, but I do want to figure that out. But I uh, but it's just something something new to me. And, yeah. I, and and those are just things that I try to do is like, is that a new thing? I don't know what that is. Let's do that. Or like someone's suggesting that, you know, we're putting together a live Dungeons and Dragons show. Yeah. And like, I have know nothing about that. I should do that then. Let's try that. <laughs> I've been doing that for like, whatever. You know, we're doing our 100th episode of that uh, at the end of this month. That's crazy. Uh, critical That's hit crazy. show. Yeah, here. Uh, or, or you know, uh, my wife suggesting we do um, cartoons together. And so we're doing the New Yorker cartoons. And, and that just started like, you know, a year and a half or whatever ago. And that's a completely different part of my brain mm-hmm. than I've ever used for, for, for stuff. But, yeah, I was trying to think of like, what's something new? Mm-hmm. I mean, I just became a, a kid's book author, for crying out loud. You just <laughs> became a colorist, you know, yeah. for, uh, for Scholastic, for crying out loud. And I, I, I hope, knock on wood, this is not wood, but I wish it was wood, that that's something that'll just uh, keep us sharp is uh, doing new things. and Yeah. 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 Unless, of course, you get no sleep coloring and then you go insane. I hope that doesn't happen. Uh-oh. He's just drooling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a, it's, well, it's always fun. It's a, the kind of the interesting part of coloring is the, the, side, the side benefit of experiencing sleep deprivation. Mm. It's really interesting. It's quite interesting. I have a uh, I've I've developed all sorts of different coping strategies now though. So Okay. I hope it's, one of them is get seems, some sleep. <laughs> no, because I just don't have the time for that, oh, but it's um, it makes me sad that I'm No, no, it's fine. I mean, the, it's I just the, you know, it's just a problem. I mean, it's basically two full-time jobs, right? So you got to make it work. Make it work. But it's something I'm so ha- proud of having been part of that I would never say no to it. That'd be crazy. It's so much fun to do. Oh, good. I'm glad like, to hear that part. Like almost every page when I'm done, I'm like, oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah, I'm right now doing a pretty major rewrite of a, of, a, of one of the books. and The first uh, one? It, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm going back, <laughs> doing a big rewrite. I got some notes on myself. Uh, and it's, uh, let me just say, it's hard. Mm. Like it's like almost impossibly hard. Because it was it was almost impossibly hard to do the first draft, yeah. And now there's like, oh, I realized some changes and stuff that I had to do, yeah. And uh, and so I'm like really working hard on the second draft while mm. I'm also writing, I'm writing a separate TV pilot. Uh, while friends of mine have just asked me to pitch for a, a TV show that they're working on, and so okay. I'm trying to come up with plots for that. And uh, yeah, I'm probably overloading my brain at the <laughs> moment, but uh, sure. but yeah, doing it. 
doing it. Yeah. Doing it. But at the same time, you're. And again, you you know, it's hard to complain in the real world about this this kind of thing. (laughs) But difficult is difficult, (laughs) regardless. Yeah. I mean, the job I do outside of coloring, obviously, is physically difficult. But it's a brainless job, basically. I mean, you do. Well, you got to You got to do it right or you're going to get well, hurt. That's what I we got to do. I mean, also, you have to put the orders together right yeah. as well or your ego's going to get hurt. And but you yeah. do figure out puzzles and stuff when you're like mm-hmm. uh, assembling things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. No, there's that part of it that I like, you know, I like the that element of it for sure, but that's what attract that's what makes it attractive to me or fun to me. But co- you know, coloring is a lot different, right? Because it's because you are yeah, that's also a puzzle where you're just like, what can I do? I can only use this many colors on this page yeah. and they all have to be like this and and I need to make this look something like that. Like I need to, you know, like say you had a page and you you had orange on it. Well, you can't really have red because orange and red aren't, they don't really go together very well. They're so very similar colors. So it just doesn't work. So now you're like, I'm going to have to make orange look like red. <laughs> you know, so it's just, yeah, it's just stuff like that where it's it's uh, kind of, it's interesting. And and then, you know, every every segment, I mean, there's stuff that happens like the cat's house. You know, that's like, although I did have to add a room to it in terms of color, like Nina had to add the room, but I had to add the color to oh, it. Oh, okay. I was going to like... So then you're like, Because oh. I've, uh, I've got the blueprint for that uh, on on my fridge. Okay, that's, cool. Uh, Nina, yeah gave, yeah, me gave me that and that was it. Yeah, so she's she's mapped out. So that's great because I, 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 that's what I really like because then I know where things are when, when the characters are doing things. I, I don't actually have that map. That's funny. Or maybe she gave it to me and I, I lost it. But um, it's been a while since I did the first book, everyone. So... So yeah, so when you have little things like that, you know, like when scenes change, that suddenly they're in a city, or suddenly they're in the country, or suddenly they're, I don't want to give away p- parts of the story, but you know what I mean, where, you know, the locations change, and you've got to like find different different right. design colors and, and things like that. That's a lot of fun. And although Nina, I was like, is full of suggestions as well. So it's, you know, it's There's a book. weird small thing. It's her uh, book, you know. Speaking of color, yeah, indeed. Uh, it's, uh, it's all her book. Um, what... Uh, when I was at the doctor's office the other the other day, uh, they have uh, chairs there for kids, little waiting room chairs mm. for kids. They have straps on them to keep them down. They do not. Oh, that would be yeah. a terrible thing. <laughs> but they are the colors of sparks exactly. Oh yeah. And for some reason, I find that very comforting when I'm there. I'm just looking. I'm like, oh, right, sparks. Mm. And speaking speaking of that, uh, I was at the vet this uh, this weekend. And one of the nice things there is that I left a copy of Sparks there about yeah. a year and a bit ago. Okay. And when we did uh, Vancouver Comics Arts Festival, quite a few people came up and said, like, oh, yeah, that book from the vet. <laughs> like, so, And it's a very well-worn, it literally dog-eared yeah, yeah. Uh, copy of the of the book, which was... Uh, the book's cat-eared, but the, the book... The contents are cat-eared, but the book is documented. <laughs> Absolutely, if you, if you dig long enough. Uh, but I just found it really sweet that uh, that the book is so well-read mm. by people in the waiting room. Yeah, that's but, awesome. But yeah, kind of a nice thing uh, happened with that, which was um, we brought Cohen in, and we were a little worried because he had a black lump on his side. Oh. And first of all, I want to thank uh, friends uh, Nettie. Uh, is yep. that how you pronounce her, her Craig name? Craig and Nettie. Craig and Nettie. Uh, but uh, Nettie heard me talking about uh, Cohen, I think, on the show, yep. and uh, asked how he was doing. And I, s- I actually sent her like a picture of him okay. and all this stuff. Just so, just so people know that yeah. Craig and Nettie are, are veterinarians who specialize in, specialize in cats. Oh, that makes actually more sense. Yeah. I thought they were butchers. And I was like, <laughs> what's this about? <laughs> 
And I thought it's Ooh. weird that they're taking such an interest. Yeah. But this does make sense now mm-hmm. that you're saying that. They're not. I visited them in their practice. Did you right. know that? I did. And I also, like, every it's time I see pleasant. a thing of Craig, he's like mountain climbing and biking yeah, and doing stuff right. and just like punching bears. Yeah. He likes cats, hates mm. bears, mm. just goes out and fights bears. Well, they shit in the woods. woods. Absolutely. He's so and mad about it. that's where the Pope should shoot. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. I don't know. Hopefully they're not <laughs> Catholic and mad at me now. Well, they, they do like cats a lot, so they're Catholic. Do <laughs> My joke always is that it's an Orthodox <laughs> Mew. Um, but, uh, but I sent a couple of pictures to Nettie. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, you can't tell. Is that different than a Protestant? But anyway, oh go on with Oh my gosh. Your... <laughs> if you want a little time to write these down. <laughs> what, what is your religion again i forget what it is anglican anglican yeah. oh i'm trying to think of what you know, the angle unless it's a seagull i can't do it um <laughs> but uh she 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 looked and she was just giving me some just advice make it easy and, and, anglican oh, i'm trying to tell a sweet sorry, story I'm sorry. you son of a bitch <laughs> go on you son so of you bitch. sent you sent a picture to, to i Daddy. can't even tell you what i do and they told me to go to hell. No, um, but she was very comforting and yeah, uh, gave yeah. me good advice. Oh, good, and said, good. like, don't worry about this. Maybe get this checked out. Mm. Uh, I would probably get this removed if I were if I were you. And so, yeah, we did end up going to uh, our, our vet. And uh, and here is the thing. Now it's going to get a little tender here, so I'm just going to tell you. Okay. Okay. First of all, he's fine. So let me just uh, say that. Um, but. So um, the uh, we went in, we sat down. I was looking through Sparks, and yeah. then saw um, saw a fella come out of one of the rooms, and there was a weird vibe to mm. it. And he was he was walking very slowly, and it was like immediately I knew he just put his pet to sleep. Yeah, like I knew, like you just knew. Yeah. And then uh, and the and it was dark inside the room as well. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah. And then like a few minutes later. He's standing just outside of the room. Uh, a woman comes out, and they just like kind of hold each other and slowly walk out of the room. And it was just this: I know it like it's a coat that they're wearing, and I know the weight of it. Yeah, and I know the feel of it, and I know it. I know exactly what they're going through. Sure. And they and they and they just walk out, and it's like they love each other. You can tell they've just been through this thing. They just said goodbye to to you know some something they love, and they yeah. and they left, and it was like oh. And and Pia hadn't seen it, mm-hmm. and Vicky was there as well, and she had seen it, and she got it. Yeah. And so I didn't want to like make a big thing thing about sure. this, but uh, and we'd been there once um, with Cohen uh, since we'd basically uh, this was the place where we we had to put to sleep our, our other two cats. Sure. And in both those cases, they were in this one room that was room number one. Mm. And the only times I've been in that room had basically been when we put these these cats sleep, with the exception of. Years and years and years ago, where we kind of uh, found this wonderful little black cat, and uh, and my uh, sister adopted mm. that cat, and so they met there, and so that was a sweet memory. Okay, but so I was like, I don't really want to go to that room. That room is, I'm not feeling great about that room. Yeah. And also, I was worried about him because he's got the this this lump on his side. It's just, it was like, oof. and so having them leave and just having that feeling, it was like, okay, I just and but then we went to room number one. Oh. Um. But the vet there was 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 very very sweet, and we kind of went through everything. And she was saying, "Well, I'm not really worried about this lump on the side, but if you want to, we can do a needle test on it." And I was like, "Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do that." And uh, and so did that. 
and uh, he had gingivitis, so we're going to have to get like some t teeth cleaning done. And when he gets the teeth cleaning done, we're going to get that removed. But uh, we got the news back like uh, either a day ago or the day before then. It's fine. So that's it's just good. this thing that's been like weighing on me for a couple of weeks of just sure. like, ugh, you know, if there's bad news, there's bad news. And all kind of built up to that. But I wanted to say thanks so much uh, to, to Nettie. Not to Craig. Craig did nothing. <laughs> you know where Craig was? Mm -hmm. I'll tell you where Craig was. Craig was outside. Yeah. Running. <laughs> Biking. He got on his bike. Yeah. He tried to get as far away from my emails as possible. <laughs> jumped in the sea. He went for a swim. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like him. Yeah, Craig, not not a lick of help. Yeah. He's very supportive of the show, and I respect him, and he's a good person. <laughs> but it was Nettie that helped me. <laughs> so let's not bring Craig into this. Okay. Anyway, thanks, Craig, and uh, thanks, thanks Nettie. I uh, really did uh, help having uh, nice. the, the support there. It's nice, and, when, and, it's nice when listeners... Uh, Give us, give us advice. And I love their Facebook page with pages with like all the pictures of cats. They're all just incredibly delightful. But yes. you went and saw them. I did go. Visit and you had them. nothing but bad things to say, which was weird. <laughs> well, you know, you know me. I'm very, I'm very picky. Yeah, I would like to. I I'm would like a like cat. They, they appreciated that though. I came in dressed as a like, cat. They came in just a cat. They said, "Dave, you here. Went, Fix this." <laughs> they said, "Dave, you here." And then I turned my back on them and I walked down the hallway and I ignored them. <laughs> You know. That's what they liked. They liked it. Yeah, I don't know. Just... You, you stood by the door. They opened it for you. I didn't you go went, out. You didn't go out. I turned around and walked the other way. <laughs> as soon as they shut the door, you went back and you yeah, just started yelling there. at it. Meow. Out. Yeah. Out. And you shit in their shoe. <laughs> <laughs> they came and opened the door again and I just turned around and walked away. Then I did go outside later, but I came back in right away. Yeah. I don't know. They just seemed, they thought my visit was great. I don't know. That's don't what know. they like. That's exactly what they wanted. That's right. Oh, and then they were, we were talking and I just, without, out of the blue, scratched them without warning. <laughs> yep. Just, I don't know. I just felt like it. Some little momentary. Then you but, followed them home, waited till they were asleep, and you just <laughs> bopped them each on the chin with your, <laughs> your finger. It's getting creepy. Yep. <laughs> getting creepy. Yeah. And then when they went, what is it? You just stared over their shoulder at something that wasn't there. Like really intently with your wide eyes. Like there's a ghost on the other is side of the room. Is it a hag? Is it a hag? I know it's a hag. Yeah, that's right. Hag! <laughs> okay, here was something we were doing on the way back. From the, uh, from the, and it won't sound interesting. But like, so, so we're feeling, we're feeling better as we're driving. We still haven't gotten news that like everything's mm -hmm. benign. Yeah. But uh, we're driving back and we're, we're feeling good. And then he starts uh, going, meow. And uh, went like. When do you want to go home? Now. Oh, now? <laughs> oh, you want to go home now? Now. Okay, that's now is when he wants to go home. He wants to go home uh, now. And so we, I started to do a thing where I was like, I'm going to teach him to talk. Okay. So I just started saying like one syllable words and he respond back to me. Yeah. And okay, he's not repeating what I'm saying, but he was getting about 60% there quite often huh. to the point where he's like, am I dreaming this? <laughs> This is strange, huh. but like you do it slow and you'd almost like get it. Yeah. So anyway, I'm saying my cat can talk <laughs> and I'm not crazy. You're going, be, you're going on Nettie, the road? Craig, can cats talk? You've seen a lot. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> do they know what I'm talking about? Okay, anyway. Well. Now, Dave. Yeah. I don't want to keep you up for too long. That's fine. Okay. Well, no, no, no. I only have to get up at six in the morning. Oh, jeez. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go to our mailbag right now and then uh, we can maybe do a drawing. Well, wait a second. We have a movie I wanted to talk a little bit about. Toxic Dave. Yeah. That sounds great. Because <laughs> we both watched this movie, and you were like way less on board than I was for this film. But this was uh, The Black Hole. Yes. 
which is right now on Disney Plus, as you pointed out. I'm just going to backtrack real quick and say when Dave was on the um, the Talking <coughs> Simpsons, oh. one of the things that they they were parroting was the Ten Commandments movie, which Dave hasn't seen yet. Yeah, that I keep trying to get Dave it. to see. Yeah. Maybe at some point in the future we'll do a fan splainers on the Ten Commandments and finally get that. But okay, back to the black hole. Black hole, yeah. So this is going to spoil the black hole. If you haven't yeah. heard the black hole, everyone, or seen the black hole, uh, and you plan to. Yeah, we're not going to do this for fan splainers. Uh, yeah. We're just going to really quickly talk. Just talk a little bit about it here because it, it, it partly relates to its sort of nostalgia for me because it was a movie, with, as I said last, last episode, that I chose. I personally chose over Star Trek The Motion Picture as a film that was more interesting sounding to me than Star Trek The Motion Picture. And honestly, right now, I don't know which one would have been. Like, if you're giving me <laughs> Star Trek The Motion Picture and The Black Hole, yeah. first of all, both very dark sci-fi movies. It's interesting. For, for films that clearly are trying to capitalize on Star Wars. Like, neither scratches the yeah. Star Wars itch. Yeah, yeah. Well, Black Hole was in development before Star Wars, I think. Clearly it was. But Clearly I, it saw 2001. But, but it was... Yeah, the script... The script... But I think that that uh, the, the robot characters, Vincent and... and uh, whatever the, guy, the other guy's name... Yeah, okay, let me take a look. Were, uh, I think they were added in, in later... Uh, old Bob. Bob, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Vincent and Bob. That's right. Voiced by Roddy McDowell and Slim Pickens. Yes. So the film... What the hell was Slim Pickens' real name? I'm going to look that up while you... Sure. Yeah. Uh, Lewis Burton Lindsay Jr. Hmm. Slim Pickens was a better call. Slim okay. Pickens was the right call. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, The Black Hole itself as a movie... I mean, obviously Walt Disney was going for, I think, something more adult. They were in a bit of a darker period there. Yeah. Yes, for and I sure. think they're just trying to branch out a little bit into more serious films. This is a Buena Vista film, not a Walt Disney film, by the way, as well. Not, so that's a bit different there. So this that's was put right. out as a Buena Vista film. And, and the, but the film itself is, it's full of like older people. There's like not, not a lot of youth to this movie. Well, do you know what it was uh, supposed to originally be? The movie was supposed to originally be? Yeah. What's that? Okay, so um, there was uh, films like The Poseidon Adventure and Towering Inferno were yes. doing very well. Disaster And movies. so um, uh, they were working on an idea called Space Station One. Okay. So it was going to be a disaster movie that takes place in a space station. Oh, that's That was the original yeah, yeah. idea behind it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, there are some interesting things about it. Like, for, for instance, they wanted to borrow the camera that was used by ilm to do star wars mm -hmm. that they used for tracking the special effects and stuff like that but they wouldn't ilm wouldn't lend it to to walt disney so disney had to they built their they made their own and and the movie has fantastic like matte paintings the matte yeah. paintings of this film are fantastic it is a beautiful film i think the special effects in this movie are stellar yep. like i think they're just beautiful yep. like you have to admit like that scene when they're over top of the i can't remember the guy's name now the ship of the captain, yeah. Reinhold, sh Reinhold's ship, yeah, and it, and, it and it lights up. Yes, it looks. This is a beautiful effect. Like, and it's it was a big model as well. Like, if you look at uh, if you look at some pictures, like behind the scenes pictures of the of the 
the set and the models and stuff like that they're they were really big so it's quite impressive yeah it was hans dr heinz reinhold is the uh villain yeah uh but he's played by maximilian shell yeah which sounds like a better villain name you know what just call him maximilian well it's such a great name that the the evil robot is called maximilian that's the other confusing yeah, thing yeah it's, it's like he's maximilian you named the robot maximilian yeah you think they should have changed the name of the robot you certainly should have when they hired him, they had a few different actors in mind, I guess, for Shell. And then the original director for the film dropped out. And then the direct, the guy who took over the direction of the black hole, he directed Freaky Friday, the Jodie mm. Foster vehicle. So Walt Disney kind of trusted him to, to, to do... Which, by the way, holds up. I think we've mentioned that before. But you yes. said that, yeah. Yes. yeah. But, but the movie itself, uh, it does feel like there's like a couple of different... St- like wishes kind of pulling like what they wanted for this yep. movie or kind of pulling a little bit in two different directions. And there's elements of it, like with the robots are like a totally different film in many cases. In fact, most of the robot scenes take place in an entirely different universe than what these, the, the, the human characters are going through. Like the robots are kind of like these sort of weird little jokey things. Like the scene where they have the shootout with, with the, with one of the, yeah, one of the whatever droids they call them, or whatever. Robots, it was like yeah. a cyborg. We find yeah. out later on they're cyborgs. Yes. Well, they're cyborgs, but then there's actual normal robots as well. Okay. Well, the but in that scene where he like uh, he knocks the uh, the robot and uh, because the robot knocked uh, Bob, yeah. Then he knocks the robot back, and then that robot ends up getting killed, like just killed. Um, now is that is there a person in that robot? No, no. That the, wasn't the one ones of the that are, robots. The ones that people ones have those kind of clear. Or like reflective oh, okay. mirror That's got masks people. on. They're basically the equivalent of the Cybermen from uh, Doctor Who. Well, they're just they have just had their their brains like basically they're lobotomized, so yeah. they just do simple tasks. Yeah, there's some darkness in this. Oh yeah, it's a very dark. It's film. a very dark thing. But even like I mean, Vincent, who's the wisecracking robot, not even wisecracking. Yeah, he's a he, philosophizing he, he, robot. He has full of aphorisms. Yes. He certainly is. But he also won't take no shit. And no. he will. He will yeah. get revenge. Yeah. And then later on, he ends up fighting Maximilian the robot, yeah. who's this guy with blender hands that <laughs> yeah, like yeah. kills Anthony Perkins yeah. in kind of a you know bloodless but uh, yeah. Yeah. way. Uh, he actually does a good fight with uh, Maximilian for like a little comedy robot. Yeah, yeah. But by gosh, does uh, does Vincent and Bob, do they ever look like South Park characters? Yeah, I thought that too when I was watching it. I, I noticed you commented on that and I was like, oh, yeah, I thought that too. That was funny. Yeah, it looks like Cartman because they're kind of, they have the big eyes. And yeah, and especially round. when Slim Pickens is talking, it's like, well, this really feels like a <laughs> South Park character. Uh, so in the film, the characters are, the main characters are are in a exploration Space, the spaceship exploring the galaxy looking for life and as they're exploring they come upon a black hole which is pretty amazing and it's an amazing effect the black hole looks fantastic and then they see bizarrely the spaceship sitting there mm-hmm. parked kind <laughs> yeah. of floating like unaffected by this black hole which is amazing to them so they decide they're going to go over to it and as they go over to the spaceship, it doesn't respond to their to their messages, so they think it's an abandoned derelict. And then they recognize it as this ship that was had left Earth, you know, twenty a couple, a, two two decades or three decades before for the same purpose. It was went out as an exploration vehicle, but the mission was considered a failure, and it was you know it was commanded to return, and it never returned. So it was assumed to be lost right. in space, which is a different movie different movie entirely show. or a different TV show entirely. But- so. So then as they approach the ship... It's a different movie. Oh, sorry. It's a different TV show, movie, and now back to TV show. Yeah. <laughs> and so as they uh, as they approach it, they end up getting caught in, in the, the the effects of the, the black hole. Yeah, gravitational pull. And they're barely able to, to escape it. 
But as they do, the ship suddenly lights up, and it's a really fantastic effect. The spaceship, the exploration spaceship, is so-so. It's not that great a design, I don't think. But the design of the the the, the older older exploration ship is fantastic. The Reinhold ship. But that is kind of what you want, right? You don't want you know you want to you start them all impressive, and yeah, then, yeah, and then it gets really impressive. Yeah, that's yeah, right. that's true. When you get to Oz, you want it then to be ooh, yeah. So they are basically invited to dock at the ship. They come in, they land, they they dock, and they come out, and they come out into basically this empty ship. The only thing that happens to them is they come out, their guns are shot out of their hands by lasers. They're uninjured, but their guns are shot away from them, so they they cannot be armed. And then the, the robots come in and escort them to Captain Reinhold. So they get to meet this legendary person who is thought to have been dead. But here he is, you know, sitting on the edge of this black hole in a ship seemingly unaffected by it. And let's just say, uh, like, um, on the ship, you got Anthony Perkins from Psycho. Yeah. You got Ernest Borgnine from Ernest Borgnine. Uh, you got Robert Forrester from, you know, hey, it's Robert Forrester. Yeah. Yeah, from Jackie Brown. and Later, like, at that time, that was probably, like, one of his last big roles, probably. Because I know that before he did Jackie Brown, he had been in the wilderness for a while, and, and yes. Quentin Tarantino had sort of revived him. And most recently, he did the um, uh, the Breaking Bad uh, movie. Oh, El Camino. Netflix, yeah, yeah, El Camino. And well, that's great. And then, um, yeah, and also Yvette Mimieu, who was brought in for, I don't know why she was brought in. It was, very, it was a very strange Is she choice. a psychic? She, yeah, she's a psychic. Yeah, that's weird person. when they just go, use your psychic abilities. What? Well, like, she they do mention, because, yeah, she has a psychic connection to Vincent. Yeah. And then she does have like a, other psychic, you know, some abilities, some psychic abilities. So then, um, ESP was very popular then. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it yeah. was very popular. You're right. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And so then they meet Captain Reinhold, who tells them that the ship is, you know, he's alone on the ship. The original crew, you know, he had sent them back home. Mm-hmm. And of course, he's sorry to hear that they never arrived. Mm-hmm. Very sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and nice guy. Good it turns guy. out he's invented this super powerful anti-gravitational generator that's able to main, maintain the ship in a kind of orbit near this black hole with, and without being affected by the black hole. And his plan is to use this generator, this anti-gravitational generator, to travel through the black hole. That's his plan. And of course, that seems crazy to them because you can't possibly do that. But he has figured it out, he says. Well, as the movie goes on, it gets darker and darker because oh, yeah. it's revealed that the crew actually did not die. The crew mutinied against him and his wishes to not return to Earth, and he basically killed them. But he didn't just kill them. He turned them into slaves. He lobotomized them using a laser, and they basically just can perform tasks around the spaceship. They, they, do, they do like the workings on the computers and stuff like that. Yep. They're just these kind of almost medieval characters. It's a great design for them, I think. They have these, these reflective masks that they wear and these robes, and there's a scene where they where one of them dies and they have this funeral for him. Yeah. And someone just over, oversees this procession of these robed characters with these reflective masks and going through this uh, you know, formal ceremony. It's, it's kind of uh, quite interesting. And a film, and I think the film, I mean, it's dark, but I think it has an interesting story to tell, which is about a monster. Reinhold is a monster, obviously. Yeah. He's a monster. He's this person who will go to any lengths to follow to follow his vision as a of, as a scientist, yeah, he'll sacrifice anything to what he wants to do, which is to go through this black hole. He'll sacrifice the crew of his ship. He'll yeah. sacrifice these people. Oh, absolutely. He'll sacrifice whoever. It doesn't matter to him. And so, in the film, so the the kind of the 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 climax of the film, 
they're trying to get away. They realize this guy is crazy. Yeah. Well, they realize who the people are. He has killed Anthony Perkins' character, the the one character who was kind of sympathetic to to him because he was also a scientist and could see and appreciate the miracles that that Reinhold yeah, you would think created like here. That would be the guy that would survive. Yeah, like it's like oh, he would like him and he would be the last to go yeah. if yeah. anything. No, first to go. Yeah. His old blender hands. Yeah, because uh, Maximilian. <laughs> yeah, and then Anthony Perkins doesn't realize you can't uh, defend yourself with a book. Holds a book up, yeah. and uh, Blender Hands goes through the book and into his chest, and then he falls into mm-hmm. uh, you know this kind of electric pit. But what's interesting is the book is all of Reinhold's learning, like everything he's learned that he wants to pass on to Earth is in this book. Yeah, and it's destroyed by this robot. Yeah. So it's like even Reinhold's work is meaningless to the you know. So it's and he even says in that sequence he says to Yvette Mamie's character he says. Protect me from this robot, basically says to her. Like, is it like almost conspiration? You know, yeah. it, like help me. Like, I'm I'm trapped here. But it doesn't feel like that in other parts of it. So it's kind of a weird thing. Yeah. I don't quite know what they're going for. Now, there. and now around that time, would Anthony Perkins to people be the guy from Psycho, or just Still, like yeah. just a regular actor who would just like be sympathetic or whatever? Because I was wondering, like. If they think like, oh, he's the guy who's he's going to turn, he'll be evil, he'll be, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't trust that guy, mm. and he's he's the most gentle of the bunch and the first to uh, really die. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. I mean, it, I mean, he'd done you know lots of roles after Psycho, but his career never really like super took off. Right, mostly because you know he had this kind of a nervous element to his character that. But one thing I liked about the movie was how respectful the crew was to each other and their workings yeah, and stuff like no, that. They were you like really this, buy them as a crew. Yeah, yeah. they're really like like a well-oiled machine and stuff, except for the Ernst Borgnine character, who then, as they're trying to escape, he betrays the crew and decides to fly off on his own in the spaceship. But he's not a pilot. So all he does succeeds in doing is crashing the ship into Reinhold's ship. And then this precipitates the end of the film. So now the crew, the crew even following the kind of the heroic yeah. crews, crew who need want to escape, they can no longer use a ship. It's been cr- destroyed by Ernst Borgnine's character, Harry Booth. <laughs> and... So they decide that they're going to use the uh, this scout ship that had already was scouting the black hole for Reinhold and has come back and has parked the ship. They're going to use this this one, not realizing that it has been programmed to go through the black hole. So they hop in that and they're going yeah. to take off in that. Well, whoops! Meanwhile, because of this, Harry Booth guy has c- crashed into Reinhold's ship. The ship is starting to to fall apart. And Reinhold is crushed under a giant screen, a monitor screen that falls and, and crushes him. So he's there. He's dying, basically. Yeah, asking for help from Maximilian. Asking for Maximilian doesn't care. Yeah. And all the other robot, the the old the crew are just zombies. So they're not going to do anything because they're just... And even if they weren't zombies, there's a lot of, you made, you made yeah, us this way, right. you son of a bitch. There's probably a bit of a resentment there. Yeah. So they, they don't do If they anything. feel anything, they feel resentment. Yes. They don't, I don't think they seem, seem to feel it because they're basically still doing their jobs while the ship is, is collapsing around them. Mm-hmm. And so, so what happens is, so this is the end of the film, everyone. I'm going to explain to you the end of the movie because people Please find this confusing. Explain the end of the movie to me. So, because it's it's interesting. By the way, this is a big spoiler. If you don't want to yeah. know what this is, yeah, go ahead five minutes. Go ahead a bit because um, I'm going to explain it five minutes from now as well. Okay, explain it. So. Uh, go ahead ten minutes. <laughs> so, so now the crew is trapped on this research or this this probe ship that's that's. And they're going into the black hole whether they want to or not. Okay. So they're terrified, of course, because there's certain destruction. Sure. Going to get terrified. Yeah. Unless Reinhold is the most brilliant mind in the world, in the galaxy, it's certain destruction for them. Okay. Reinhold dies. So Reinhold is dead. Maximilian's destroyed. So that that's that's done. Yeah. So there's we're a good f- fight earlier with, uh, yeah, with Vincent and Maximilian. Vincent and Maximilian. 
And Max Williams is a cool design. Super cool design. It's a, it's a kind of evil robot. Because it's it looks simple. Great. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. And so then the crew are going through the black hole. And then we get this kind of weird effects of what would feel like going through this incredibly, you know, pressure this thing that's so dense that it's squishing you. And they kind of elongate the screen and they do the spinning effect and yeah, stuff like that. very psychedelic. But as it's stretching, it comes in on Yvette Mimu's eye and it goes into her eye. And so we see into her mind. And she has a vision of what happens to Reinhold. So it's not necessarily what actually happens to him, but it's like a vision in her oh, mind. okay. Because she's a psychic, so she's having this sense okay. that he merges with Maximilian. Yeah. So, he, so this man and machine merge. Okay. And then he's like kind of standing over like a hellscape, yeah. like Dante's Inferno or whatever. Yeah, he's on some rocks with molten lava around and yeah. some wraith-like creatures. Yeah. And then so that's, that's like her vision. And then we come out of that back into the reality of them coming out of the black hole. Well, no. First of all, you see a uh, kind of angelic Oh, that's right. That's her. through a that's her. crystal uh, kind of hallway. Yeah. yeah. And that's, it, that, that's sort of like symbolic of them coming through the black hole themselves, right? So the black hole is like, it's either like a space thing, a thing in space, just a, a, a phenomena in space, or... In her mind, it's like symbolic of of a passage through hell. So she's they've gone through inf- the inferno, and they're coming now through this idea of coming out into heaven, and they come out of the a white hole, out of the the way, yeah, the white hole, yeah, into the other side of this black hole. So it's so it's interesting because Reinhold, madman, murderer, bad person, yeah, has discovered how to travel through a black hole. So he's made this giant leap in 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 technology and in our ability to uh, what we can discover but he was so awful but he also was so great that he was able to do this he was this person so driven so you know one single-minded that he was willing to sacrifice his his everything his soul to you know to be right to 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 discover this way to travel through a black hole okay that's and they're on the other side of it now they've they travel. They proved yeah. that you can do it. They're in this probe ship that was programmed to go through it. Okay. They've proved it. They have no way of going home. So their only their only thought is, well, we're trained to explore, so let's continue exploring. Yeah. And that's the end of the movie. Now I'm going to throw us uh, another idea at you. Sure. Because again, it's uh, it feels like someone saw 2001 and mm-hmm. just went like 2001 ends with an ambiguous ending. It's going... it's not ambiguous. It's symbolic. Well, symbol symbolic. But you can the take super, it it's symbolic of the Superman. That's why it plays Thus Spake Zarathustra, okay. which is the theme that's playing, which was written by Richard Strauss, okay. based on Nietzsche's idea of the Superman, which okay. was his book about the Superman was called Thus Spake Zarathustra, of the idea of the, the Superman arriving and you know being like a, an evolutionary step above us, a philosophically evolutionary so step above us. So the astronaut that goes through, does he become the space baby at the end? No, he... Well, yes and no. Okay, this is where I'm saying ambiguous. It, yeah, because it's... It's like he's a, a witness to the birth of the super baby that may or may not be of him. Okay. But there is a super baby that comes. And that's what the monolith stands for in the movie. Because the monolith always appears at the next step, next of, step man's, of, of evolution. Of yes. man's, man's journey. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I would say the other way of looking at the uh, black hole mm-hmm. is that it just is hell. Like it is like the afterlife slash hell, what have you. And so he, uh, you know, with his hubris, he believes he can go... He can go through this, but yeah. he has gone into hell. And yeah. because he deserves to be in hell, yeah. 
he goes to hell. Yeah. And what is the ironic punishment for him? Well, he merged these men with robots. Yeah. And so he is now merged with his robot. Sure. He is there forever. And the wraith-like creatures resemble in a lot in a lot of ways the the the, uh, the, the robot creatures he made. Yeah. So this is this is a hell that would be correct for him. Yeah. These people do not belong here. Yeah. So it looks like to me, I know you were saying that was her. Yeah. I thought it was an angel. An angel went, yeah. I'm going to lead you out mm. and leads you out of uh, out of the afterlife because you do not belong here. Yeah. And and then they're uh, mm. they're on the, the other side. So it could either be. his calculations were correct yeah. or he just found a doorway to hell. Yeah. He went to hell. Yeah. And yeah. now you don't belong in hell. Get out of hell. Yeah. Boom. There you go. There it could, could be, be a supernatural element. I always it. take it though if a camera zooms in on someone's eye. Yeah. That it's going into their mind because that's just like the kind of the, the, the or thing. into their soul, she, and so you know we're seeing, we're seeing yeah we, with her ESP she might be seeing reality she might be seeing like a transcendent reality and that's what's happening to and her. she is also uh, she does have a psychic connection with robots mm-hmm. so you know Maximilian is a robot she might yeah. be seeing this through Maximilian's perspective because mm-hmm. that's what she can do yeah um, it is a very effective image though of Maximilian standing on oh geez oh, it is not what you expect at all yeah yeah like if you go into this going I like Star Wars <laughs> like you do not expect to see yeah. that at the end but I think you know like I like Star Wars but I don't want to watch every movie. Like I don't want to see every movie to be Star Wars. Well, look, um, so, Star Wars was like a few seconds ago yeah. to this movie. Mm-hmm. So it's like you haven't you've seen Battlestar Galactica, and yeah. that's it. Yeah. Like you know, and, I did see Battlestar, and you're going to see Galactica. and you're going to see Star Trek probably the next week and go, mm-hmm. this is fucking dark too. Yeah, this is too dark. And then and Star Trek will smarten up and just go. Hey guys, we can do some dark stuff, but we gotta loosen up a bit and let's throw some color onto this and let's not be a big drag. Yeah. And let's not have someone coming up with the transporter and it all goes horribly wrong because we don't need that. We don't need, ooh, ah, it's horrible. Not, no, stop it. Does that happen in Star Trek, the motion picture? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they use the teleporter and a guy comes in basically inside out. Ugh. Yeah, I know. You don't want that. Yeah. Knock it off. Stop it. Okay. Well, I think that there's room for grown up concepts in science fiction though. There is. Like, Black Hole isn't a science fantasy movie. It's not... It's not Well, till the end where it could be. Like, because it feels like you could have yep. a fantasy element at that sure, point. Sure, sure. I mean, a fantasy element... I mean, it's, it's, and also it's not her, somewhat a fantasy element. Her being element. telekinetic is also a little bit fantasy. No, you can, you can have ESP in science fiction. <sighs> Dying Inside, the Robert Silver book, book it's, a, it's a classic book of ESP. How is it science fiction, then? Because it posits... Because science fiction, it posits... a. A different. I mean, the idea. The idea of the idea of science fiction isn't isn't Star Wars. The idea of science fiction no, no, that's is fantasy. Is that's that space wizards? Yeah, is the idea of some subtle change in our world, right? And how it would affect our world. But it should have a basis in science. Not necessarily. There's always a gimme in in uh, you know like like light speed would be a gimme. Okay, but that's an extension of science. It's an extension of science, but it's made up, right? Like this, it's because most, we're not there yet. You know, it, it's that's most likely I'm, impossible for us to travel light. Most speed. likely, but yeah. like to me, tell so it's considered a gimme in to me, science fiction like circles. ESP yeah. doesn't have a scientific. Why not? Because there's. You don't think the brain? They don't think a person's brain has the capacity for to that do what? Kind of, to have abilities to to see the future, to, to read minds, to no see people's thoughts. No, there's no connection to that to what a brain can actually do. Might as well say that your heart can do that. Okay. You know, heart can set things on fire. Hmm. Okay, fine, maybe. You know, but like what can, a brain can't uh, move things that aren't connected to it. You know, it, it can't. 
there's nothing that it can't do that. It can't see the, it can pre- predict what the future is just by like, you know, yeah. assembling thoughts and going like, oh yeah, this is probably what's going to happen in the future. Mm. But it can't actually predict what's going to happen it's in the future. interesting. Yeah, it's a big part of uh, science fiction. I'm just thinking about it now. I'm just thinking about um, the Ursula K. Le Guin book, uh, The uh, Left Hand of, is it The Left Hand of Darkness? Yeah, The Left Hand of Darkness, where there's like a religious ceremony where they, they, they tell the future. Yeah. Here's, That's a really interesting book. It's about this guy what, on this planet with uh, humans who are, they're neither male nor female. They can be male and female. Both can give birth. Like like either person in the relationship can be the female or male. And okay. both so different than us in a, in a really, in, in an interesting way, because their culture doesn't have like a sense of machismo you know, like maleness there or are, femaleness. There are animals that can change sex. Yeah, so exactly. That's, so yeah. that has a connection to reality. Yeah. I mean, I could almost see with the prediction of the future going with, okay, your brain works so well that you're that you're interpreting different factors that even you are not consciously aware of. Mm. And so you can do a reasonable assumption of what the future would be to a degree where you don't even imagine, you know, yeah. you can't predict it. Could but be. to me, to me that, that gets into Star Wars and that gets into using the force yeah. and, you know, uh, you know, clouding a person's mind and waving your hand and doing, hmm. doing that kind of thing. Like it's, it's just not connected to anything. You have to start with an extension of something that we already have. And I don't see that with, uh, with the human brain at this point. You're very dogmatic. Mm-hmm. I would still consider the Robert Server book, book, book that inside a science fiction. Okay. Just because. <laughs> well, there you go. I can't argue with just because. Maybe because it came out with from Del Rey, or was it Daw? One of those science fiction publishers, you know. It is interesting. Anytime someone says that uh, Star Wars is um, Star Wars is uh, science fiction, and it's like, of course, it's got it's it's it does the the thing of like merging fantasy with with science yeah. fiction, but yeah. fantasy is such a an element. Of it. Though it, it the one thing that they never do in Star Wars, um, and it seems like it would be the thing is like actually have. You've got kind of this magic side of things. Yeah. And then you've got the science side of things. And that's never what the conflict is. You mm. would think like there'd be one group that's like, no, just science, which is what Han Solo said once upon a time, which yeah. is like, you know, hokey religions are no match yeah, yeah. for, you know, a good blaster <laughs> at your side. Yeah. Yeah. That's what this could be about. It's just like, so wizards who won't use, but, but the wizards actually do use science. As well, their lightsabers aren't magic. Mm. They're actually like well, they're, a, ma- they're magic in the sense they're lasers that don't stop. They just <laughs> they're like lasers that do stop in the in mid. Well, that's mid-beam. that's what would be interesting with uh, with that is like that if an, a regular person uses it, it would just fire up forever. Yeah, the thing they can do is actually stop it, which mm. is what uh, I'm gonna get nerdy. Kylo Ren in um, what go, the Force Awakens. You know, once someone fires like a laser blast, he just freezes it yeah. in midair. It's yeah. like, ah, that's interesting. So if that's what the Jedi's could do is like, you know, stop it so that it just stops at this level. And mm. now they actually have got a laser blast that's solid. Mm. But you you have to one use science and two use use your magic, and that's the only way this goes. But a yeah. regular Joe can't just pick up a lightsaber and go, I'm a Jedi now. Yeah, he can't. Wouldn't, would work, but I would like to see a conflict between the science and the magic in in this world. That seems to me that well, would they be... do have that, and the guy gets uh, strangled to death by Darth Vader. The end of the conflict. Well, if that guy had a gun <laughs> and could then just pull it out and like shoot Darth Vader, but Darth in the Vader chest. would just stop it, right? What's that? He would just stop it, just like Kylo Ren did. I don't think he's ever been able to do that. Well, we don't. He's never had to test it because no one's ever fired at him. That's the thing. Keep a gun on you at all times. Darth Vader's around <laughs> you, idiot. Yeah. Um, so, okay. I want to make sure that you get home at some point. Apparently the Force Awakens answered that. Uh... Sure did. 
So, uh, man, I'm enjoying The Mandalorian. But you haven't seen the second one, so I can't talk about it. I was um, so disappointed you didn't play Mandalorian. I, not think, I don't think I'll watch the rest of them. Very good. You don't know. Maybe in the second one he does. Oh, that's true. So, going to the mailbag. Our friend, David M. Uh, is there any place we'll be seeing David M. in the, in the near future? Uh, in any of our podcasts? He, yep, in the future. Okay, very good. And that's all we're going to say. <laughs> uh, wrote... Uh, now you guys know, the 415th episode of anything is always the hardest. Just watch. Number 416 will be a breeze. He was right. This one was pretty yeah, easy. Yeah, pretty easy. Yeah, there you go. Thanks. Um, <laughs> Ed uh, Dragansky uh, writes, uh, we must be on the same Disney Plus wavelength. Well, we talked a little Disney Plus. Because I also watched Bedknobs and Broomsticks the day it premiered last week. This was only after watching The Mandalorian. I watched that as well. And being completely amazed with all of its wildfire speculation. I also had the Bedknobs and Broomsticks story album, as did I. Uh, so all the songs were immediately familiar. I hadn't seen Bedknobs and Broomsticks since I was a little kid, and I remember being especially fond of the animals playing soccer since I played soccer in school with my friends. I didn't really play soccer, so in that way we're different. I remember pretending to be them for the live animated series uh, sequence. Uh, what I do not remember uh, were that there were Nazis in this film. Mm. Yeah. Here's what I thought about the whole Nazi situation. It's like... <laughs> Because, yeah. all right, just a little bed knobs and broomsticks kind of thing. Sure. I'm not going to say what they do with the Nazis, but the Nazis show up. She's magic. Some stuff goes down. There we go. Dude, that's all well and good what they do at the end of the movie. That's all well I, and good. I don't even remember this movie, no. Very good. It's something happens. And I, again, I'm not going to spoil that. All right. But what I'm going to say is, you know what I'd like to see? You've got all these wild cartoon animals. Yeah. They're like lions, mm-hmm. and bears, okay. crazy big ass animals. Oh, my. How about you bring those guys or send the Nazis to them or bring them to the Nazis? Yeah. Because I want to see the Nazis fight a lion guy. Mm. Let's see this shit go down. If that's not going to scare the Nazis away, all these crazy cartoon creatures who, by the way, have a history of killing people. Um, yeah, that's what you want to do. You want to like, uh, here's the other angle on that. The, the, uh, so, you know, who has a history of killing people? The, uh, the animals uh, on this island. Oh, okay. It's basically, if humans show up, oh, really? Yeah, they're and 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 they didn't kill these people necessarily themselves, but their ancestors definitely. I did. see. I the see. ancestor basically, there's someone tried to like train these animals, and then the animals rebelled, and the animals yeah. killed them. So here's what you want to do. Sure, I don't want to tell you what to to make up your movie from the sixties. That you, you know, but yeah, tell the Nazis early seventies, but okay, okay, tell the Nazis mm-hmm. that there's this island that's amazing with full of treasure. Yeah. Give them instructions on how to get to the fucking island. Sure. Don't tell them that there's a bunch of sentient animals that are uh, primed to kill people on this island. Yeah. Nazis show up. Nazis get eaten by the cartoon animals. Yeah. Delightful. (laughs) Wonderful ending. Lovely. I mean, they do a thing, which is fine, and they have a musical number to it, but it's not as good as Nazis fighting animals. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Back to Ed. That doesn't sound like a great kids movie, though. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ed, uh, here's the here's the thing that bugged me about Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Mm-hmm. Starts off Roddy McDowell, voice of Vincent from uh, Black uh, Black Hole, is he's the priest. He's the priest in the town. Okay, he's the priest in the town. He's the priest. Anglican and priest. He's a very nice priest in the town. And uh, and uh, and and Angela Lansbury is a witch. He doesn't know she's a witch. Okay, she's going off to do her witch stuff. But he's a nice yeah. guy. And at one point, he shows up and and. Uh, his hat gets like pulled into the house. It's magic. Yeah. Then the hat comes flying out, and uh, he sees the hat. The hat, and he puts his hat on. And goes ooh, and he goes and he drives off. 
It's all the Ronnie McDowell we get. Really? He's a, he's, yeah, yeah. he's a priest. She's a witch. Yeah. There's magic going on. Yeah. This sounds like fun. Yeah, it does. And you got Ronnie McDowell. Sure. What the fuck? Are, why aren't you using Ronnie McDowell? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Don't use Ronnie McDowell like that. Maybe he was busy he's, he's preparing busy. for uh, Vincent in 10 years. Well, I think he's probably still a makeup for Planet of the Apes. When did they make Planet of the Apes? 69, but they made other ones. Wasn't he in other ones? He was in all of them. Well, then they made all, he probably was called He away. played multiple characters. Oh, did he? Yeah, well, he was different uh, generations of, uh, yeah, he was different characters. Multiple uh, monkeys. He was. Uh, I think he was the only one who was in all the movies. Uh, I then, huh. uh, back to Ed, I then followed your same path and watched the computer wore tennis shoes. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I vaguely remember this film, but I had to watch out of curiosity. But I'll also follow up with the other Kurt Russell Medfield College films. By the way, hey, Disney, I'm going to tell you what to do. Medfield. That's yeah. what you call it. Medfield. Yeah. And now we just show It's going to be like Riverdale and be really dark and depressing. Oh, dude. Maybe. That'd be bad. Screw it. All right. Uh, uh, once you guys mentioned it, I had to check out the black hole, which, as David said, holds up really well. Uh, I suppose next I'll find Return to Oz and just see what else I've been missing. <laughs> yeah, see Return to Oz. Return to Oz is a good I re- movie. I remember that being pretty, uh, yeah. pretty good. And people... Roger Ebert, I think, didn't like it because he said it was too dark, but he was comparing it to... You know, wonderful the Wizard wrong of Oz stuff. Yeah, yeah I mean, no, Wizard of Oz it is not. It's Wizard of Oz is not really based in the. On not the, at all. On the this Oz is much books. truer to the books. Yeah, and yes, it's it good. is dark. And there's oh, there's some dark in that. Yeah, but it's uh, some very late clever. Ed's well. uh, uh, goes on to say, my male cat, Mix, Mr. Jinx. <laughs> Uh, did you name it after the cartoon characters? Because he hate those Mises the pieces. That's real. Literally cool. walked into my parents' garage from a thunderstorm. Oh. We gave it a few days uh, to see if he was lost and belonged elsewhere. But after that, I took him home. He's as cranky as ever, yowling in the middle of the night. This was to our question of, yes. did you ever uh, rescue, uh, rescue uh, an animal? Uh, yeah. We took in my female cat, Charlie. I had a cat named Charlie. Uh, because my wife had heard nobody wanted this cat that looked like Hitler. <laughs> so with her little tramp mustache, we named her Charlie after Charlie Chaplin. She's nice. a constant purring machine who also uh, trills to me when I rock her like a baby. That is adorable. Um, when everyone was doing the um, uh, ice bucket challenge, yeah, uh, I did a little video with my cat Charlie, yeah, and uh, and it was all about. Uh, I did a little fake out at the beginning where we were trying to uh, help cats that look like Hitler, ah, yeah, or Kitlers, little Kitlers as they are, <laughs> are called, and also the uh, Gerbils gerbils, oh, yeah, gerbils that ger- look like gerbils, yeah, yeah, it's hard for them, man, that cracks me up, just gerbils gerbils, um. Second uh, thing from Ed. Ed uh, contributed to our Sneaky Dragon in 30 Words or Less. Ah. Um, A weekly random discussion of like-minded pop cultural and nostalgic esoterica that usually ends up being compared to MASH. (laughs) Not wrong. (laughs) Follows up. Just kidding, guys. It's impossible to describe how much I cherish Sneaky Dragon in less than 30 words. Thanks, Ed. Really appreciate that. (laughs) And your name's going into the Lucky Draw Pants. That's right. Into the Lucky Draw Pants. There you are. Um, Which I'm currently wearing. Oh, okay. So you should probably reach into them. No, no. You're going to reach in. All right. Sounds good. Let me just uh, sit on my hand uh, so it's numb. (laughs) I don't have to You know how I like it. (laughs) What the hell? And then this got darker than the uh, black hole, or is it the black hole? And you come out the other side, and you're in heaven. Wait, what? What's happening? We got some other le- we got some other mail though. Oh, I would love to hear other. Uh, I think if mail. you go back an episode, you'll find some late late mail. Okay, 
Late mail. But I'm going to read out one more. Why don't you read some because more? Because I have to admit that I, I, I put this off a week because I wanted this person to be the last one that we read. Okay. And I hope he wasn't at home going, what about me? All right. What did I do? Well, all I have to say to that is, you know what you did. Last bummer. <laughs> last summer, yeah. Or bummer, yes. Okay. So this is from Brent Tannehill. Hey, Brent. And Brent was the person who suggested this as a question, which we then turned into a contest. So thank you so much, Brent. I think it's a great idea. So Brent wrote to us via sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. That's our email okay. address, everyone. He said, to really do this scientifically, I scanned all the audio from your podcast back to the 1960s oh my when you first started. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's a lot of work. Then created a word cloud. Huh? Here's what I came up with. He says, pop culture, mm-hmm. minus music and theater, with emphasis on superheroes, cartoons, comics, especially Harvey, goings on in Vancouver, <laughs> food, condiments, especially mayonnaise, and most of all, Miracle Whip. I think yeah, I have... Miracle Whip was the, the largest. <laughs> he says, I think that I have a two-word credit. Please give that to somebody who needs them. Brent Tannehill. And by the way, Brent lives in Winthrop, Washington. I don't know where that is. I'm going to look it up. Mayonnaise is mentioned twice in the word cloud. Mm. Yeah, so he sent us a a JPEG of the word cloud. So I will post that on the uh, website when we post the show. Very good. And so, Brent, yes, thank you so much for suggesting that idea. It was fun. I think it was fun. It was fun for everyone, right? You enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Woo! Listeners enjoyed it. And those who participated in it will be sitting on the edge of their seats right now. All right. So Because we are going to have a draw. We are. We're going to give you some literature. Yeah. A collection of the Watchtower. Yep. Uh, some of my my book of, on Dianetics. Right. Your DNA. My DNA. A couple and, of strands of hair. And all, all my... Cologne them if you got them. Yep. And then also a sneaky dragon mug. And we also might include one of Dave's chickens. <laughs> Just for the heck of it. We'll see. To see if the box is moving when it arrives. Um, if it isn't, you live too far away. And if it isn't, you get a delicious chicken to eat. Mm. Um. Lisa wrote on uh, us a little bit past our deadline date, but that doesn't matter. You can write us anytime. Yes, please do. You can write it. Yeah. Listen, they, we'll, we'll see the messages and we'll get to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Lisa wrote about uh, scary movies. Haha, uh, Ed. If anyone brings up scary movies, because he's responding, she's responding to uh, Edward talking about um, Wizard of Oz. If anyone uh, brings up scary movies, my dad's first and last go-to is Wizard of Oz. He will literally <laughs> shiver every time. I think it's an age thing. I believe my dad saw it when it first came out. He would have been six. Uh, we took. By the way, this is a weird thing about Wizard of Oz. Because if you've seen it when you're young, yeah. you don't realize how funny it is. It's yeah. just a big. Yeah. Fucking satire, like the whole thing. Yeah, you're right. Till the end where you build up with the wizard and he's giving like all these gag gifts and it's like, yeah, yeah. you're just joking. These are just straight yeah. freaking jokes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a very funny movie. But those to... flying monkeys really do it to you when you're a kid. Oh, yeah. And the witch herself. Is Setting things too. on fire, the apple tree. Yeah, oh, yeah. my gosh. She's scary too. Yeah. yeah uh, we took my little cut. Oh, you want to make her not scary? You watch Paul Lynn's uh, Halloween special. So okay. you're in that. Margaret Hamilton is a guest? She is. Have nice. you ever seen Paul Lynn's Halloween special? No. Let me just briefly say this before I get back to Lisa. Mm. Um, so the idea is that Margaret Hamilton, uh, well, Paul Lynn is a, a big sourpuss. He's a big sourpuss. Right. Not enjoying, I think, Halloween, he's, I think the idea is. He's the Halloween Scrooge. He's a bit of that. Okay. And then Margaret Hamilton uh, is uh, is herself. She's not as a witch. Yeah. Uh, she, she, Paul Lynn pisses her off somehow. And so she shows up. As the witch from The Wizard of Oz, yeah. straight out, that's the full thing. Yeah. But with her friend Witchy Poo, 
Ah, yeah, from uh, from Puff from Puff, HR Puff and stuff. Yeah, and so uh, they do a variety uh, show. Okay, uh, about the true meaning of Halloween, and the musical guests are. Are you familiar with who the musical guests are? I am not. Kiss. Okay. Yeah. What song do they do? Um, you know. <laughs> That's the Sorry. rock and roll all night party every day. I, yeah, when I asked that question, I realized, why did I ask you? I might as well ask him what car they were driving. You know, the Kiss song. <laughs> yes, that's right. And there's other people that are in the special mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. When I was a kid, Kiss were like so crazy seeming to me. You know, because they like they printed a comic in their own blood. Yeah, Gene Simmons got a cow's tongue grafted to his own. Yeah, Knights and Satan Service. Knights and Satan Service. And then I heard their music, and I was like, "This is the most disappointing." Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, I like it now because you know it is good good music. But at the time, I, what I was expecting when I heard was, I basically got, I got a bad, you know I got cheap trick, but they're wearing a bunch of kabuki makeup. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, also, sorry. Here we go. Uh, the other people that I'm going to get back to these, I swear. Uh, but yeah, uh, Witchy Poo from HR Puff and stuff. Kay. Tim Conway was in it. Sure. Roz Kelly was in it. Kay. Florence Henderson. Kay. Kiss. Billy Barty. Uh, uh, Betty White and uh, Donnie and Marie. Huh. Yeah. What a cast. So, uh, oh, yep. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to that again. Uh, I want to get back to that. Uh, so anyway, uh, back to Lisa. We took my little cousin to Pee Wee's Big Adventure when it first came out. He was six-ish as well. This is a film I had already seen, found, and still find it hilarious start to finish. At the large Marge scene, <laughs> when she changes into the skeleton, my cousin was so startled that he threw up his M&Ms into the air, uh, where they shortly thereafter rained down on all the patrons. Oh, they should have been raisinets then. Uh, that was sadly a waste of some good M&Ms. You know, when you're saying so scared that he threw up, yeah, uh-oh, all his M&Ms, way. uh-oh, yeah. oh, in the air. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Um, that was actually a startling scene. It is, yeah. 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 It looked just like this. <laughs> uh, Brent Tan- it's in so quickly that you don't really... Yeah, you don't expect that yeah, at yeah. all. Brent Tanhill uh, uh, writes... Movies that uh, that uh, have you stuck in a place with no way to escape, and you share that place with an evil, deadly thing, is always the perfect recipe for a great, scary movie. Yeah, House good. on Haunted Hill, nineteen fifty nine. Good one. Remake of the Thing, nineteen eighty two. Great one, which we've talked about many times on the show. Yeah. Alien, nineteen seventy nine, mm. are all good examples of that. I'd have to say though, my all time best scary movie is The Haunting from nineteen sixty three, which I have not seen. Oh. Followed closely by Le Diaboliques, 1955. Both of those movies managed to be very scary without showing any ghosts, monsters, or gore. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good movies. Those are good movies. The other one I like a lot is uh, The Uninvited with Ray Milland. And I can't remember who plays his sister, Mary. Um, maybe Myrna Loy. But yeah, it's a good movie where they, they're like two Americans who rent a cottage in, on the English seaside. And it turns out the house is haunted. Yeah. It's quite good. It's quite good. I mean, you know, it's it's 1940s scary, which is a little different than sure. 19 or 2000 or whatever. Going, is that a Nazi? Is that a Nazi? Is that a Nazi? Not that no, kind of scary. Not a Nazi. Okay. By the way, uh, I think it's post uh, post war. Paul Paul Lynn. Um, okay, here's the thing. The uh-huh. Paul Lynn special. Margaret uh, uh, Hamilton is his housekeeper. Ah, that's right. Uh, trying to convince him that the best holiday is. Uh, Didn't she play a housekeeper in a commercial? At that time, well, she for folders or something. She wasn't a housekeeper. She oh. worked in a grocery store. Ah, uh, and then um, Catherine O'Hara did a not Catherine O'Hara. Uh, Andrew Martin. Martin did a really good impression of her she as sure parodying did. that for SCTV. By the way, uh, in the Paul and Hall- Halloween special, I'm sorry, I'm into this now. We're never <laughs> leaving. He does sing his uh, his big hit song uh, from Bye Bye Birdie. Oh, kids. Mm. There you are. 
because everyone loved that. I don't know why. I've watched it. I don't know why. <laughs> no idea. Uh, but yeah, they uh, they uh, lots of musical numbers, a lot of disco stuff, and um, Roz Kelly shows up. Who is Roz Kelly? Yes, that's a very good question. So I'll tell you uh, who Roz <laughs> Kelly was. Yeah, uh, it's 1976. Okay, she was on Happy Days. Uh. She was on Happy Days for one season. Okay. Very popular that one season. Who am I talking about? What character? It wasn't Pinky Descadero, was it? You sure <laughs> as shooting know it was. Sorry. <laughs> <right>? Yep. <laughs> then later she on, was good. she was she replaced was by Leather Tus- Tuscadero. Not so good. Who was, uh, who was the, who was the um, performer who was Leather Tuscadero? I don't know. I never don't oh, know the character at all. Oh, she's a very popular uh, musician. Oh, uh, uh Susie Quattro? Yes. Oh. That's exactly who it was. Well, well She did wear leather 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 uh well done. outfits. That's really good for so when first I I haven't seen Happy Day since I was a child in grade five. And uh okay. And I stopped watching it. Kiss did three songs. Okay. Of course they did Detroit Rock City. Okay. How are they not going to? Sure. Did what's, they do yeah. Rock and Roll All Night? Uh no, no, no. Uh I want no wait, so what song What's uh, what's their ballad? What's the big ballad? Beth? Of course. Okay, so Peter, you're not going to get out Peter without Chris singing. Got in there. He got you're not going to gonna get out without doing Beth. Okay. And, and then, then uh, the other song would be, um, not I want to It's the other one. Uh, oh, I can't remember. How King of the Nighttime World. Oh, I don't know that one. Okay. I guess that was their Halloween-themed uh, one. I guess so. And uh, Sid and Marty Croft uh, also kind of uh, helped produce this. I felt I felt they did because they had, had Billy Barty in it. Yeah, this is a weird mix. And H.R. Puff and stuff. Uh, and the big finale is uh, the entire cast uh, singing uh, a performance of Disco Baby, which was uh, a sex-neutral version of the popular song Disco Lady. Ah. Yeah. I thought it was a sex-neutral version of Disco Duck. I think the whole thing made everyone sex-neutral for a very long time. (laughs) We're all neutral on sex. And what this means is... Yes. Because Witchy Poo... Okay, I'm going to lead you down a rabbit hole here. Billy... Billy Hayes. Billy Hayes. Because Witchy Poo... What a great name. ...appears in it. Yeah. First of all, this Paul Lynn uh, now connects to the HR Puffin Stuff universe. Mm. Paul Lynn exists in the HR Puffin Stuff universe, meaning Kiss does as well. Yeah. But also, because uh, because Witchy Poo appears in an episode of Lidsville, Lidsville also exists, and Lidsville exists in the HR Puffin Stuff world, yeah. which also exists in the world with, with Paul Lynn, yeah. which also exists in the world with Kiss, but, yeah. but yeah. because... The Wicked Witch of the West also exists in this. Yeah. This means yeah. uh, Land of Oz is also, uh, is also in this universe. And yeah. makes sense because every Sid and Marty Croft thing is about a teenager who gets sucked into another world. It's a surreal world full of magical creatures okay. uh, where they have to fight an evil kind of wizard or witch or what have you. Mm-hmm. And that completely works with, uh, with Wizard of Oz as well. So Dorothy is just a uh, Sid and Marty Croft type character. They're all the same. It's all connected, man. It's all connected. As you're talking, I'm, I just can't forget how terrible all those shows were. I'm just even, thinking of even the Bugaloos, Dave. Yeah, you don't remember the Bugaloos. I do. I remember that one. Okay, give me some. Give, give me some Bugaloos. The Bugaloos. The Bugaloos. They're here and there and everywhere, flying high, <laughs> flying loose. Okay. I, I just want to say. Yes. I love the name Billy for a woman. Like Billy Hayes is a great name. Billy Holiday. Billy Lord. Those are all great names. Billy Jean. Billy Jean, yeah. Yeah. Wait, it's not my girl. Yeah. Billy yeah, Jean King, though. 
Oh, Billie Jean King. Let's go with her. That's yeah. even better. All right. Let's draw names. Let's draw names. Okay. I got them in my pocket, Ian. All right. And you're going to be winning um, some comics. You're going to win a... Uh, Sneaky Dragon mug. Sneaky Dragon mug. Yep. You're going to win... I should, I should probably sign that Sparks book. You yeah. should probably color something. Yep. Um, sorry, we don't have... We'll leave it here. Oh? Because we... Oh, I... Because I don't know. We'll, we'll put it off a little bit. Yeah, so yeah, 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 we'll figure it out. That. Okay. We'll get, yeah, it'll all make sense. All right. So, Dave... <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to reach into your pants right now. Yes. Please do. Reach it in. Yep. And there we go. Ow. 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 <laughs> Why do you have so much glass in here? Oh. Why do you consider glass so lucky? <laughs> and the winner is. Oh, my God. What? Dylan O'Connell. That's great. Why I'm is so that? Happy. Oh, my God. Because it's Eagles in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> That's the second. <laughs> that's the second so time. Money. That's the second so time we've had money. a we've had a winner from Australia. That's so funny because Jeremy won. Uh... Very good. Well, anyway. Okay. Here's so a, here's, uh, here's one of my questions of the week. Yeah. Anyway, Dylan. No, Dylan. I, I want to say, Dylan, no, Dylan. I felt like Brent should win it because he uh, came up with the idea. But Dylan, Dylan, I loved your poem so much. Yeah. It was so good. I'm really am happy that you won. I'm kidding about the whole Australia thing. Well done, and I'm thank you to everyone really who are. entered. Yeah. In our mind, you're all winners, except for Dylan. Who's the winnerest. Yes. Yeah. Um, one of the questions I'd like to have for this week's question, if you're into it, and you can come up with a So, Dylan, yourself. in two months, oh, check, your, check your mailbox. But anyway, go on with uh, your... Yeah, send us your address. Yes. I, I probably have it, but uh, I probably have it. Okay, we're going to give you the uh, information to send us your address. But uh, here's one of the questions of the week. What have you won in the past? What's something you've won? Oh, I can tell you. Yeah. So, what did you win something? You want to say what something you won? Sure. Or what did you win? I won a few things, but I'll tell you. I one time I won tickets to see Pink Floyd's The Wall, the movie, mm-hmm. because I was able to answer the question: who, What bluesmen inspired the name of Pink Floyd? It was Pink Anderson and Floyd Council, two blues musicians. Mm-hmm. And then I won a, a Billy Bragg's Bragg record, his second record, um, which I can't remember the name of it now, but I won that uh, from CITR, the college radio station. So I had to spend two and a half hours traveling to get a record for free, <laughs> which that seems like quite a high cost. But I was able to answer the question of what was the name of his first album, which I don't remember very well now. Hmm. Spy versus Spy. I can't remember what it's called. And then uh, I also won Connects tickets in a, pre- in a grad draw for when Mary was graduating. They had a dry grad fundraiser and I bought raffle tickets and I won the Connects gift pack. So I won a, oh, cool. I won a Hendrick Sedin jersey. And then tickets to the game. Unfortunately, I was going away, so I couldn't go to the game. But Mary and a friend went, so that was fine. Oh, nice. Uh, I went on a game show called Talk About, and I won a, uh, a VCR that was broken. <laughs> and it was the VCR that when they yeah. showed a VCR and go, you can win this VCR. Yeah. It was that VCR. Okay. By the time uh, I was like on one of the last episodes. Okay. And so when uh, I went to collect my prize... They were out of them, oh. and they just went. You can have this one. I was like, okay, and so I got that, and they took it took it home, and it didn't work. Oh. But the show was still on the air, so it was interesting. Like whenever I would like watch the show, and the VCR would appear on the show on the TV, I would like point down to the. Eh? <laughs> have you seen my clock? <laughs> it's a very nice clock nice. that I have. That's nice. Yeah. Well, so, you also won. Your heart. Uh, BC Book Prize last year. Oh, okay. We can get into like serious things that we're proud of. 
I'm just doing silly shit. Okay. I won also, I went on another game show uh, where Mickey DeLenz was my partner, and I won a vibrating cushion and a giant sausage. Thematic. <laughs> That's right. Because of the monkey's uh, giant <laughs> sausage and That's vibrating right. cushion album. <laughs> right. You know about that. You're more yeah. of a music fan. It's than called I Headquarters. Am. Do you have a second question for the uh, for the next folks? Oh, what do you get is, when you fall in love? What is your favorite science fiction novel? Oh, very nice. There you go. Since so we're talking about science fiction. Yeah. And if you want to, as a sub-sub question, what makes a science fiction novel? <laughs> Can you, you have stuff like telekinesis? Does that count? Yeah. What takes it? What makes it not science fiction anymore? If you want, sure. but yeah, what's your favorite science fiction novel? And what is something that you have won? It could be something random, something you earned, something that was just like a draw. But uh, yeah, let's know something you won. And uh, how you contact us, and also this is the way to claim your prize if you're uh, Dylan, is um, <laughs> is uh, you could uh, write us at our email, and that is sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. That's one way. If you want to go to our website, it's sneakydragon.com, and that's where we've got all our episodes of the show. Uh, you can click on them, uh, listen to them directly from there, or go underneath each episode, and there's a message board, and there you can post things. Uh, that is also where you will have access to not just Sneaky Dragon, but our, our uh, new show, Fansplainers, Fansplainers podcast, or uh, Sneaky Dragon Listening Party, or... Uh, dig into the archives. You're going to find yourself a completely Beatles. You're going to find a totally Tintin. You're going to find a full Marks. And you can listen to every episode of uh, those shows where we go through each uh, song the Beatles have written, each uh, album of uh, Tintin, and uh, also uh, each movie the Marx Brothers made. So there. And you know what else I was just thinking? Why did you tell me, Dave? Hundreds of episodes of Sneaky Dragon. So many. So many that you couldn't believe it. Listen to our voices change. You can. You can hear. You can hear us get slightly faster. And so I get, get rid of my thick Dutch accent that I had oh, at the beginning. My gosh. Yeah. So hard to understand. You I then. was all full of panics and dreams. <laughs> uh, the other uh, way you can contact us I like is the dragons. Is go on to uh, Twitter, sneaky underscore dragon. Uh, we occasionally post stuff there, and also we're still on Tumblr, even though the pornography left. We're still there. Yep. Sneakydragon.tumblr.com. So. Those are good ways, or just, hey, uh, if you want to say hi to me in person at the end of this uh, month, uh, last Wednesday of the month, I do a live show over at the Rio Theater, and uh, on the 27th, it's a good time to go because it is our 100th episode. So why not come down and see what happens? Uh, I will spoil some stuff for you and say that in our last episode, uh, last month, uh, we uh, our town blew up and uh, we have to go to hell to rescue everyone from uh, hell. Wow. Much like the end of the black hole. We'll see, who, we'll see if that guy's down there yeah, still. Yeah. And we'll see if we can get him out. In, encased in Maximilian. Yep. Full, yeah, just fully encased in Maximilian. Uh Thank you so much for listening to the show. We really appreciate oh, your time. Okay, yeah, well, there you are. Uh, we appreciate your time, and uh, and uh, we've been doing this now for too long. So we're going to stop talking now. I've been Ian. I've been David. And I've been Ian. Bye. And congratulations, Dylan. When we're Yay, coming. good on you, Dylan. Hooray.
Dave, can I talk now? <laughs>